Was that a little fartage? <laughs> it was. It didn't rumble like it did. I'll, I'll keep it to it. I'll do it into the chair. I won't. Uh, so that will save those for the other show. <laughs> keep this one a bit more highbrow. So. I still can't believe that. I mean, I, I listened back to that show. I still can't believe how loud it was, considering, <laughs> like I said, I didn't normally put you put the mic next to your ass. <laughs> it wasn't. I thought it had disguised it as well. That was a good one, mate. It was very good. Hello and thank you for listening to episode 160 of 60 Minutes With. This is the entertainment show for March 2019. I'm Dave and so once again, deep in my ears and yours, it's Chris. Oh, hello everybody. Oh, you're very deep in, in everybody's ears right now. Oh, I like being deep. Deep oh. in people. Oh, go deeper, go home. That's how oh, we gosh. do it. I, I did, just one thing before you carry on. I did want, like, you know... It, the introduction didn't last like 30 seconds because it wasn't like March, April, May, June, July. The entertainment <laughs> show for six months. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle. We're Hooray! back yes. after, after one month. How amazing is that? Back on track. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The and thing is, got... we've just got one television show to talk about. It's a five-minute show, and then bye. <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to talk about because, you know, I haven't stockpiled it for months and months, so <laughs> never mind. Uh, and as a little surprise, well, a big surprise, as me and Chris were walking along the corridors of 60 Minutes with Towers past the ABC of Gaming recording room, we heard a muffled cry and opening the door, we saw gagged and chained to the stripper pole, Adam, who we have released and is finally free. Hello. 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 You were trapped in there for so long. I was, yeah. This this is a bit weird. I feel like I've, I've walked in um, on a threesome a bit late. I've got my cock in my hand and I don't really know where to poke it. <laughs> <laughs> you can aim it in my direction, big <laughs> <laughs> Just swing it around. You're bound to hit something. That's true. Yeah. Did, do you remember, did you watch that Louis Theroux documentary a few years ago when he would like? He went to America, and I think it's all about swingers, and he was looking at the porn industry and all that kind of stuff. And he, he, I think he went to, um, like, a swinging party. You know, my idea, uh, you know, in my head of swinging parties is totally different to the reality of lots of sweaty, horrible, nasty people just writhing about. And it's not – it's it doesn't, you know – the actual reality of it isn't what I imagine it would be like. No. It was quite like polite, a... wasn't it? Was it like tea? Everyone was having a cup of tea to begin with or something. Was it that one? I think so. Everybody's like really kind of like, you know, like you said, just polite and having a drink and just having a chat. Mm. And then the next thing you know, they're all fucking shagging each other and just, you know, it's not mm. not pleasant. <laughs> Which I never thought I'd say that about people shagging because I like watching people shag, to be quite honest. <laughs> what's, what's that film with Billy Warlock in it in the 80s? Was it Nate? Ah, oh, that's the one, yeah. It just looked, ended up looking like society at the end, didn't it? Just a <laughs> big fleshy blancmange with the occasional nipple. Mm. <laughs> Lots of slime everywhere. <laughs> oh, there is there is a TV show. I haven't watched it yet. I don't know if either of you two are going to bring it up. Uh, Mums make porn, and I've got two episodes of it to watch at the moment. But... Uh... 
I saw that advertised last night and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, Have you watched it? No, I haven't seen any yet. Have you watched any of that, Adam? No, I've not even heard about it, but now my interest is peaked. Yeah, I can't remember what channel it's on. It's on one of the main channels. uh, It's got got to be five isn't it so like like, yeah channel five, <laughs> you would bet on channel five for something like that <laughs> yeah but i think yeah that'll probably be uh april show i think we'll have a little bit of chat about mums making porn <laughs> i've got no idea like how old the mums are or what porn they're making or anything but um i think it's on one of the trailers they say that one of the mums vomited and walked off the set so uh, yeah that could be interesting oh hmm that is um, interesting. Yeah. Not as interesting as this show, though. I'm sure everybody will be pleased to hear. Th- I know things I've got to talk about include uh, kitty fiddling, uh, <laughs> <laughs> child abduction again, after talking about um, that abduction film last time. I've got another one. Um, and I know, I'm sh- sure both of you as well, and dying of cancer. So it's going to be a really happy show, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, nice and cheerful, Dave. Yeah. I think, Dave, I think you've got a bit of a problem watching, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Netflix search history is just like death. <laughs> All kinds of shit like that. Um, should we start with some telly then? Should we start with some TV? Oh, definitely, yes. I'll, I, well, I've got two, and I know one of them. I know at least one of you two guys is going to talk about, so I'll, I'll kick off with one I'm pretty sure neither of you will mention. And it's a show, uh, I think tonight is the third episode of its fifth series, Inside the Factory, on BBC Two. Oh, yeah. yeah I've mm. watched a few of those before, yeah. And I'm, I tell you what, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's one of those shows that every episode, without fail, you go, well, I never knew that. You know, when you're watching it, it's hosted by Ruth Goodman, uh, Cherry Healy, and Greg Wallace. He's the one I've that most seen people this, yes. have you seen it? Yeah, because Greg Wallace, <laughs> most people all know from uh, MasterChef. And the last one that I watched was they were going to the they go into factories, mostly food factories, but the one before last was how do you make pencils? And it went through this process <laughs> of how it sounds fucking shit, but it's really it's fascinating. And it is you go you go oh oh I never knew that I never knew that. And the last one was all about squeezy cheese and how they make <laughs> squeezy cheese. But it's I don't know it's like strangely hypnotic for an hour of finding out how all these different things are made they did one about pizza did one about potato waffles i sat for an hour watching about how potato waffles are made but somehow it's like it's really interesting although i'm sure there's people like with listening to this going for fuck's sake i'm not gonna watch that (laughs) but i thought i don't normally mention programs like this but it's one of those that's like it's like really hooked me, you know, and I have to record it and then watch it and then and then find out how squeezy cheese is made, among other things. So uh, yeah, uh, there we go. Oh uh, yeah, uh, go on. Sorry, Alan. I was gonna say I've seen a couple of them. I can't I can't remember what they were making, uh, but <laughs> every episode I've seen, uh, Greg goes into the back and he always meets the sort of lowest common denominator of the whole factory, like the one <laughs> bloke who who just forklifts waffles onto a truck. And uh, it's always like, so what do you do? He's like, well, oh, I just drive a forklift and put waffles in a truck. Like, How many waffles do you get in a truck? About 35 pallets. Wow! And it's just, it's just amazing because this poor bloke's just, just yeah, putting waffles in a truck and Greg has to be as enthusiastic as he can. Oh, yeah. 
about he everything. Was, yeah, he was like so enthusiastic about cutting blocks of cheese. He was like, yeah, off his tits with excitement. He was, right, here I am, cutting some cheese and then oh. chucking it in. Oh, yeah, it's was, it was good though. Although I, I did see one, I think there was a Papadom factory. Oh, I'm yeah. sure it was on that. And they had the machine that, this is fucking sad. What a life. Anyway, um, yeah, there was a machine <laughs> on there that just uh, packs the Papadoms. Uh, they, I think they called it the Ostrich. And it was this, like, this um, on a conveyor belt, all the Papadoms are coming down. And these big, like, flexible robotic, like, suction things, which look a bit like ostrich heads, just pick them all up really quickly and pack them amazingly using laser guidance and stuff. And that impressed me quite a bit. From a oh. technical standpoint, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> there is some very impressive machinery in it. Although in the squeezy cheese one, the amount of stuff that's done by hand, whether that's a good thing or not, depending on personal hygiene, I guess, uh, was quite amazing. And like so much is just done by people instead of machines. So, uh, yeah, if that's tickled anybody's interest inside the factory <laughs> on BBC Two. Uh, yeah, the one other TV thing I've got, I know um, probably both of you guys will want to talk about this. So I'll hand it over to uh, you two for the rest of the TV stuff. If you want to decide who wants to go next between you. Shall I go? Because I've got one that I can report back on from the last show, Dave, that you Ooh. put me on to. Which oh, okay. was... Um... It's one that I'm going to mention as well. Oh, really? Ooh. Uh, Friday night dinner? No, it's not. No. Ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> what a disappointment. Um, now, Dave, you mentioned this in the last entertainment show, hmm. um, and we, Kay and I, watched the first series on uh, Netflix, and we we blasted through it because they're like twenty one, twenty two minutes an episode. Yeah. Uh, absolutely hilarious. We were wetting ourselves watching this. Um, it's I highly recommend it. Like you said, it's about this family. They meet up Friday night, um, you know, just to have dinner. I love all the interplay between the two brothers. You know, they're, they're always trying to play little tricks on each other and get one over on, on each other, you know, putting the salt in the in the water and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, it's really funny. And, um, oh, we were crying. I mean, <laughs> we, the bit where... The nan comes round, and she's got something <laughs> on her dress, and the dog's licking where her crotch is. Oh my <laughs> god, so funny! Honestly, you know, we we were. I can't believe that we passed this up. I mean, it's like, or it passed this by. I should say, 2011. Yeah, no, it was crazy, isn't it? Oh, that's crazy. But the one thing is that when you search for it on, you know. We've got Virgin, so uh, series one and two are there, but then yeah. this is out series three and four, and then series five is there. So I don't know what's happened to three and four, but it's weird. But um, so yeah, we're going to carry on watching that. But I just wanted to report back that you are absolutely right. It is oh nice, brilliant. It is. Yeah, it's proper laugh out loud humour. Oh, and uh, series yeah. three and four though are on uh, four on demand for anybody in the UK because we're oh, watching. Okay. I think we're. At, I think we just finished series four and we're about to start series five. Um, and all of those are on four on demand, not in high def or anything. You know, you've got to put up with a bit of a shitty picture, but well, compared to high def, I guess, but they're all on there. So you don't have to miss any. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. it's the, the one thing I would say about it is how well written it is as well. For, for Although there's a lot of sight gags and there's a lot of sort of like stupid humor, what I'd call it, you know, with people playing tricks on each other, whatever. But, it's really sharp and witty and, and like oh, yeah. like the way that like you said it kind of it will start with an idea and by the end of it that you know it will it will all come 
about and you'll you'll forget about it for a little bit and then it'll all just kind of it'll all work out it's so well done you know it's absolutely brilliant the one thing i would say i don't know if you noticed this dave if you remember it their downstairs toilet is like a, a tardis it, it, yeah there is it, a reason for okay. That. Okay. i watched uh, a big q a with the whole cast it's on i think it's on youtube and they're all on there it was from it was i think just before or after like the second episode of season one was put out and uh yeah because they're on about you know is there going to be like a season two when they weren't sure if it was going to be renewed and it's written by like this one guy he's like he just him alone writes everything and it's all based on well the majority based on true stories because his dad did very often go topless everywhere and all and his dad did say shit on it when anything went wrong <laughs> yeah. and um yeah they said the what is supposed to be the under the stairs loo is actually filmed in the upstairs toilet yes oh, well i noticed that and yeah. like, we, we, we saw that but yeah they all sort of like disappear into this tiny little under the stairs toilet and thinking, <laughs> do, yeah. there's no way they'd all fit in there but then yeah i mean but yeah it's so uh, it's brilliant anyway mm-hmm. so but there you go go on adam what you got uh my other one's just also called back uh from dave last month uh haunting of hill house oh okay yeah i agree with pretty much everything well with everything that you said that um it is pretty damn excellent um and like you i i I haven't been scared by a by a film or television for a long long time and while there was a few jump scares in it i think the the tension that thing builds up over the entire series is fantastic um and because it spends so long with the characters, well, you know, you do get invested in them. And uh, it's, it's quite, a, yeah, it's a really interesting take on the old haunted house thing. Um, and I'm pretty sure when you mentioned uh, the scene with the falling in it, that was the same yeah. thing for me where I was like, get the fuck out. No way. Oh, yeah. It's just like, right. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that ties so much together, doesn't it? Yeah, and then you're going, oh, everything makes even more sense. And it's like, that, and it is chilling as well. You're going, fucking hell, this is yeah. like horrible. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is, yeah, that's probably horrible that moment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not not because of gore or anything, just, oh, just no. the implications of it all. It's just like, oh man, that, that's just nasty. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't go for the cheap scares, really, do they? they no, do no, not at all. Take the time and build it up, and the payoff is just like well worth the wait every time. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, I, I would, I would recommend that along with you last month. Have, have you not managed to convince, convince your wife to watch it, Mister Jellyman? Not, not yet. No, I'm getting there. I mean, you guys are talking about it, and everyone, and Tom mentioned it before, so it's definitely one that's going to be on my watch list. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll try and I'll say, oh, it's just a, it's a nice family, family <laughs> drama or something, family that'll comedy. Last, that'll last all of about two minutes. Okay, yeah. Uh, if not, I'll watch it on my own. But yeah, I, I, I really want to watch it now. You guys are talking yeah. about it. Yeah, watch it in the dark though. Definitely watch it in the dark. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, Dave, did you did you have anything else? Or I've got you... one more, but I know one or probably both of you. We'll mention this, so I'll let I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> uh, go on, Adam. Do you, want, do you want me to get rid of something else? Go on then. Yeah, um, I watched uh, Love, Death, and Robots on Ooh. Netflix. We've watched the first three episodes. Mm. Mm. What, what are your thoughts? We absolutely fucking love it. Mm. The last one we watched was the one uh, where there's. 
oh, this farmers and there's an alien invasion. Yeah. And I said, and it's they're all only like five to ten minutes long, or 15 yeah. tops, aren't they? They're all really short. Yeah. So in this one, and it is basically animated, and it's all different styles of animation. Yeah. This one was more like your traditional you know, cartoon, I guess, in a way. And even though it was really short, and obviously, you know, it's aliens attacking, I felt more empathy for the characters than I did through the entire movie of Aquaman. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't give a fuck about anybody in Aquaman. Uh, But these, you know, cartoon characters, I was like, no, I didn't want them to die or this and the other. Although we're only three deep in it, I'm sort of really invested in it up to now and I hope it you know the quality continues but have you seen more than three then how far are you into this um I've watched all 18 oh my um, god well it, yeah it sounds like a lot but like like you said I mean if you if you take the credits out of it as well I mean we're, we're talking four minutes to maybe 14 minutes tops yeah. 15 minutes tops on them so it's so easy just to sit there and then reel four or five off and go yeah. Christ that was quick so yeah there's 18 episodes episodes of, of, of this anthology series isn't it mm-hmm. uh was it produced by is it david fincher and tim miller oh i'm not sure mainly yeah tim miller of deadpool fame i think and yeah. david fincher seven and zodiac and other things um yeah every everyone every one of the of these has got a, a different animation style so that there's a there's one in there uh which would look like a like an 80s Almost like a cheap '80s French cartoon, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, that's the only term I can think of. But, um, yeah, the, most of them are set in in sort of some kind of future. I suppose future robots, cyberpunk is kind of the over overarching theme of the series as a whole. Yeah. There's a few different, um, very very gory, with lots of nudity. Quite a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen as many animated penises. Yeah, you know, outside of like Warcraft porn, you know, you you'll get a lot of uh, a lot of boobs, minion, and schlong in this. Two D schlong, three D schlong, you name it, you've got it there. But uh, what I will say is they all look stunning. Uh, yeah. uh, the animation on the show is amazing, and, and the different styles as well. Um, so you would right? Have, uh, have you seen The Witness yet? Ooh, I don't think so. That's in my head. I think that uses rotoscoping, possibly. Oh, okay. Whatever you want to call it, but that—that's a stunning-looking one. But yeah, most of them are pretty, pretty violent, pretty gory. A couple mm. of them are quite touching. There's uh, three or four comedy ones in there, which uh, are all pretty good. Um, one involving Hitler's quite funny because um, <laughs> he's—he's the natural comedy go-to, obviously Hitler. Yes, um, <laughs> but no, it's. <laughs> It's, it's yeah, it's well worth a watch. They don't all have the same quality um, as with any anthology type series, but like I said, they last so little. If you, if you're thinking one's not that great, the next one's going to be along in ten, eleven minutes anyway. So yeah. it's you know, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole series as a whole, definitely. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, that the the quality keeps up because, like mm. you said about watching a few, we watched those three in one setting and went, oh my god, this is really really good, and uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely stick with that then and watch yeah. all of those. Definitely, I've not heard about this at all, so I'm glad mm. you've you've talked about it because I can check it out now. Yeah, Netflix, isn't it? I think. Yeah, 
plenty of plenty of tugging opportunities while you're watching it if that's your thing as well <laughs> well just mainly for the, the penises i think because yeah. you know the stunning animated penises <laughs> yeah. you do you do see i mean penis is one thing but i don't think i've ever seen the drooping scrotum of a 70 year old man done in 3d animation before. <laughs> oh that's definitely sold it to me though yeah. <laughs> go on then I know, I know there's more well so um well afterlife was the big netflix show wasn't it with ricky gervais mm-hmm. um I, I still i must admit i've got one episode left so i haven't watched it all yet um but yeah it's uh he plays a, a chap whose wife dies of cancer and uh you see her through fl- various flashbacks and she recorded a video uh which you know they refer to quite a lot and uh he has dreams about her and you know, so that you get you get the connection that he had with his wife and how his life has changed considerably, uh, you know, from, you know, obviously when she was alive to when she dies. And it's it's about how he, he tries to cope with her death and uh, moving on from it, you know, and he basically, well, he doesn't want to move on. He wants to kill himself is, is you know, uh, I suppose where it comes from. And it's the, the, the series is about how, he goes from attempting suicide to then, you know, through meeting various people uh, that he, he knows through work uh, or, you know, unexpectedly at the graveyard, that kind of thing. Uh, how he, he kind of, I get, not, you know, uh, how, he, how he deals with the grief. You know, his dad's in a nursing home. He's got Alzheimer's. So he's that, There's, you know, he's started to build up a relationship with the the nurse who looks after him. Uh, then there's the people he works with. And basically, he's really fucking rude to a lot of people. <laughs> and he's, he's just, he says what he wants to say because he doesn't give a shit, you know. And um, it, 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 Ricky Gervais is... Um, have you guys seen uh, Ghost Town? Uh, that film he did where he's, he's a dentist. Yes. Uh, it was one of his yeah. sort of like, you know, uh, early Hollywood films, I guess. I really like Ghost Town. I must admit, I think it's a, it's a really good film. But uh, whereas, uh, say, that one, he's, he's quite, he's lonely and insular and everything. And he's, he doesn't uh, build up relationships very well. But obviously with this, it's, you know, dealing with the grief of, uh, uh, of his wife dying. Um uh, so with this as well, I mean, I kind of burned through these. It's weird that I haven't watched the very last episode because I, I watched I just, what, the seven episodes. Uh, is it seven episodes? Um, six or seven. Anyway, I've, I've watched all of them except one, and I watched them all in one sitting. So why the fuck I haven't gone back and watched the <laughs> I have no idea. But from my point, I mean, people saw the trailer for it and, that you know, there's, there's those bit, that bit where he walks past the schoolyard and a little kid calls him a pedo. Uh, and he says, well, I'm not a pedo, but if I was, I wouldn't have anything to do with your little ginger cunt. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's things like that, you know. So he just says what he wants to. He doesn't give a shit. And uh, I really loved it. I must admit, I, I, I just... Uh, I like Ricky Gervais. I, I know a lot of people don't. As a uh, guy at work, I was talking to who really can't stand him. Uh, my wife can't stand him. She hates The Office. I think just just doesn't like Ricky Gervais. Uh, there's something about him that people just. I, I think you either really like him or you don't like him. Mm. Um, I don't think there's many people in the middle of just like, uh, yeah, he's okay. Um, so, uh, but I actually really like. I I, I love The Office. I really liked Extras. Um, I liked uh, Derek. Uh, I like some of the stand-up he does. He's a bit hit and miss. Uh, the stuff he did with Carl Pilkington was great. You know, the podcast that he did, uh, you know. So I, 
I like him, you know, and and I think this is great, you know. It, it, it the, the way it touches on, you know, the grief, the humour. There's it's very dark, as you can imagine. Uh, somebody contemplating suicide constantly, and you know, death features quite heavily in it. Uh, but there is a lot of humour in there as well, and a lot of things that you know, I I got quite sort of like you know, um, not upset, but you know, I was um emotional watching it in places you know there's there's a lot that i, I liked it um but I'm, I'm dying to know what you guys thought i know ben likes it but ben loves ricky gervais so again mm. i think it's one of those that if you like ricky gervais you are going to get something out of it but it's if you don't i, I doubt it's going to convert you because it's quite uncomfortable to watch in places yeah. Yeah. uh you know there's um it's it, the same i think he's the one thing about gervais that i've with the office as well is that he, he's always managed to sort of like uh you know do the comedy aspect of things you know and the, the uncomfortable comedy because there's a lot of uncomfortable comedy in the in the office as well uh you know there's a lot of funny laugh out loud stuff but then there's a lot of uncomfortable stuff and i always remember the bit where um you know in the british office i should say not the american one i haven't seen that but uh where you know his job's on the line and through all the madcap shit that he's done all the dancing all the crazy stuff that's happened you actually feel for him at the end because he begs them to, to not sack him mm-hmm. you know and, and he's got that sort of like you know he's breaking down and so uh, that i love about all of that you know um so it's yeah i, I really liked it so but go on tell me what did you guys think You've seen them all, haven't you, Adam? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think I watched it in in two sittings. I think. Yeah, we did it. We did it in one. We did, and it's the first time we've ever sat and binged watched an entire series of anything. We just watched it all in in one evening. What did you think then, Adam? See, I'm one of those weird people. I'm I can I can take or leave Mister Gervais sometimes. Um, I don't necessarily think it's his fault. I think I got bored of of when he was. I didn't mind the Carl Pilkington and stuff, but it was everyone who was around him basically tried to emulate him. So I got bored of when it was him and, you know, Warwick Davis started to become annoying to me because he was just turning into a mini-me of of Ricky Gervais. (laughs) And just, you know, the world doesn't need a three foot tall Ricky Gervais, but it's got Ricky Gervais. <laughs> so you know, it, it's fine with, it's fine with Ricky on his own. So it doesn't need another version of him. Uh, so I haven't seen anything of his for quite a while, but I found this, I found this really good and quite beautiful in places. I think um, it is, you know, it has got some, uh, I suppose sort of vulgar humor in it. And, you know, um, touching the edges of, of what's decent or not if you want to if you want to put it like that but it's the it's the little glimmers of hope um spread throughout it um uh, against like some of the some of the dark parts are are pretty damn dark but those little glimmers of hope and the, the tiny little moments of of clarity that he might have as a character when you know when he's he's still can, you know he's still thinking about suicide for a majority of the show but he'll just have a little the odd moment of humanity uh, pops through and I thought you know it, it was it was riding that wave of, of the ups and the downs and then the downs mm-hmm. and the little glimmers I, I thought I thought it was a really well paced show which was both funny and incredibly touching in parts as well yeah it so for us to watch it in one evening I think says a lot as well that oh you yeah, just one more you wanted to 
to find out what happened next. Yeah. And it does play really well as just watching it in one continuous, like, two and a half or three hour sitting, however long it takes. Um, I'm not sure if I still prefer Derek, though, in all honesty. I think if I had to pick a favourite, which one would I want to watch again immediately? I think I might pick Derek. But then Derek, even though that's got dark bits in it, like everything that Ricky does, though, it's it's got more humour in it than Afterlife has. Um, but that's not to say, that obviously, that we didn't enjoy it. We thought it was really good. But I think he's set the bar so high for himself and the stuff that I've liked from mm. what he's done. Uh, I wouldn't put it as my favourite thing that he's done, even though I really enjoyed it. I thought it looked really nice. Obviously, there's a lot of money being thrown at it. It's, you know, it's yeah. 4K HDR, if you've got the setup to to watch it and stream it you know, through Netflix. It looks really nice. And um, he's a bastard, though, doesn't he? The way that he plays with your emotions. Like, he'll yeah. get you laughing and then he'll chuck something really bad in and, you get, and he just, like, hits you hard and then you, he throws something in you think, ooh, should I laugh at that or not? Is it, you know, he, he goes, he plays with everything really well. And I think, you know, as a writer, he's, he's really, really good. Um, I don't mind him as a performer as well. I think as he goes on, if he does, like, more different series i don't know if he's got like the acting chops to pull off these different ones if he's not so much a one-trick pony because the character of derek is obviously really different from the character he plays in this but i think that so his range might limit him but then again people argue that about like clint eastwood and sylvester stallone and what they've done so you know you never know but yeah, it's good. I can see why people would not like it. But like you said, Chris, if think if you if you're a fan of Ricky Gervais, more than likely you'll like it. But if you're not, I doubt this is going to turn people into a fan. Mm. Mm. I think he wrote and directed all of it. I think didn't he? Um, unless the last, last episode, I'm sure he's directed the, all of this as well, not as well as just writing it. Because uh, uh, Cemetery Junction, uh, that's yeah. I think that was one of the his first feature film that he directed because I think he may have directed some of The Office as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that too. I mean, which is kind of I suppose uh, I suppose semi autobiography uh, of him growing up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I say. It, it, I really liked it. You know, I'm looking at the cast now. There's a lot of people that he's worked with before, uh, from like Derek or extras. Uh, Kerry uh, Godleyman, I like her a lot. I, I, do you remember I mentioned her on an ITV comedy show with uh, Jack D called mm-hmm. ba- Bad Move? Which um, that the, the second series of that was. I mean, I like the first series anyway, but the second series was such an improvement in terms of the writing. And um, she, although she's only in. Um, afterlife briefly because she plays his wife and through flashbacks and the, the videos and stuff like that she's really good you know i think she's kind of uh, you know i like the way that you see what their life was like beforehand and everything and that's kind yeah. of where it pulls at you i think you know your emotions and everything um yeah, it's great. Uh, they say there's some wacky shit in there, and he always throws the weird and wacky stuff in. Like he's his psychiatrist, uh, Paul K. Oh yeah, yeah. He just <laughs> comes out with some random shit, doesn't he? That you'd think, well, a psychiatrist would never say stuff like that, or you'd at least <laughs> think they wouldn't. Um, but yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah, mm. loved it. Really good. I can't uh, believe you've not seen that last episode where he kills everybody. <laughs> that is, is, <laughs> It's unbelievable yeah. you haven't seen that yet. Oh, that's shocking. I'm going to watch that tonight after I've finished <laughs> doing this, just so I can finish it off. But I do want to try as much as I, as Kay doesn't like him, I always try, and we sat down and watched The uh, watch the Office together. She 
hated it. I, and I, she's she's mental, but still. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I'm almost trying to convert her a little bit to sort of things like you know. I think this, uh, you know, I, I'd like her to watch it. Um, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Okay. Have we got any more TV stuff between us? Um, I haven't. No. I've got one more. Oh, go on then. Uh, again, on Netflix, because that seems to be all I watch these days. Um, I watched the 13th series of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ah, how is that panning out? Because Tina checked out of it about a series... Could have been even series two. I went longer. I went series three or four. What series is it when Danny DeVito joins? Uh, that... It, End of series one, start of series two. Okay, so then I watched series two, three. I think I got into series four, mm. and I was still enjoying it, but for some reason I stopped watching it. I would go back and carry on watching. I know Tina wouldn't. So how's it played out then? Does it is it? Well, you've stuck with it for thirteen series, so it couldn't have gone yeah. really shit. Um, no, it, I, I don't think it really hits its stride till about series five to six, maybe. Oh, okay. uh, it does lull a bit. Uh, in one of the later series, but then it, it, it suddenly just ramps it right up again. When, when the character, when there is, there is growth to some of the characters. Um, there, there is, there are arcs to some of them, um, which the last episode of, of series 13, um, it, I don't know if it's a conclusion to Max's storyline. Um, I don't think you would have got to any of the thing that's becomes like his main character arc as such, but it's, you know, it's, it's pretty crude in places. It's it's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Um, uh, but the last scene of the last series is <laughs> I've never used this word so much. Again, is beautiful. It, it's like a genuinely touching moment in in like a hundred and thirty episodes of <laughs> of people being wankers. There's there's the last five minutes of it just absolutely just 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 pulls everything aside and. Um, yeah, put, puts a scene in there that feels like nothing else in the entire series and, and changes everything. And it, it's, uh, it was magnificent. I mean, I won't spoil anything. Um, all I'll say is there is a reason. I don't know if you saw any of the pictures, but I think it's Rob McElroy, whatever you want to, I can't pronounce his surname. Um, I think it's about series eight or nine. He put on 60 pounds of fat for his character. Wow. Because oh. <laughs> he wanted his character to be fat because he's, he's got problems with his... It's not image problems, but at the time you think he's got like just body image problems, but it's not that. It runs a lot deeper. Yeah. Um, and then he slimmed back down again in between... Like one series, he lost £55 in between two series. Um, and then in, suddenly in this one, he has like got himself ripped to almost a ridiculous level. Um <laughs> And in his character, his character is trying to get people to notice there's a reason for it, but there was actually a practical reason why he got so buff as well, and that, that all plays out in the last scene. Um, I don't want to say too much, because the likelihood of you actually getting to that far might be quite slim, but it's, uh, it's a very touching scene. Even even Danny DeVito's character, who... I mean, you wouldn't have seen uh, Danny DeVito's character. I mean, he plummets off a cliff, that man. I did see, because Danny DeVito's doing the rounds for the Dumbo movie that's out at the moment, yeah. he was on, I think he was on Jonathan Ross, because he was on with Colin Farrell, and they talk about It's Always Sunny, and they show a scene of Danny DeVito, uh, stark, 
bollock naked crawling out of like a leather couch <laughs> and he was on about how he had to do that scene about four or five times <laughs> and he's just a sweaty mess as he's crawling <laughs> out of it oh yeah that, that looks interesting there's, there's a few like that it looks like he's shaved himself completely bald and covered himself in in hand sanitizer and he's on the floor like a giant slug butt naked at some point uh, i never wanted to see danny devito in a sex scene but that happens as well <laughs> <laughs> the man has no shame and it's wonderful <laughs> it's fantastic he's absolutely brilliant in it but um yeah if i mean if if anyone wants to watch i, I really liked it. it the first few series probably yeah series three and four kind of descend to where there's a they're only 22 minutes each, but yeah. the four main characters spend a lot of time shouting at each other. Yeah. But then they kind of acknowledge that as a set of characters, and then that calms down. There's still a bit of that. But, yeah, I, I, I would say it's, it's probably series five where they start to settle into what their characters are going to be and what kind of journey they might go on. Some of them have, have, have longer journeys than others, but we, we, you, you just get to see one man who starts off quite sensible becomes like the height of an like ego and then you see his descent into someone who loses their empathy and basically become a horrendous sociopath before trying to crawl out of that horrendous mess that he's become uh does it in a completely ridiculous way in the end that, that wouldn't work it basically becomes like ted bundy without the killing but it works for him so they, they all go on a, on a little journey but th- this series was about um Max character sort of finally um, acknowledging what he is and what he's missed since he was a child. I think. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you may well have tempted me to to dip back in it at some point then. I, 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 I only discovered it last year, I think, and I, I absolutely wellied my way through through the series with Rebecca, and she weren't sure about it at first, and then just kind of get into a rhythm of watching it, and it was just yeah, uh, yeah there's bits of it. Are fucking hilarious oh yeah some of the i mean th- these like 22 minute comedy shows that i mean it's great to have them in your back pocket as something mm. you can just throw on at any time yeah absolutely mm. i've just looked at that picture of that guy that you're talking about fucking hell that is <laughs> mental absolutely I mean, looking at him like he's got he's put on so much weight and then it's like he's a completely different person it's yeah. unbelievable Wow, fair play to him for that. I think he quoted that, yeah, don't expect to see him look like that again because what he had to go through to get that chiselled was horrendous. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. Mm. Mm. There you go. That's my TV done anyway. Right, so we move on to documentaries then. How about that? I'll just just sit back and let you carry on. I haven't got got any documentaries. Haven't you? Have you got any? (laughs) Have you got any, Adam? I've got I've got one, but I realised I've got half of one. Half a documentary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no. Well, yes, but no. I've got okay. one. Yeah, one episode of a of a two parter. I really. Oh. I've just realised I've never watched the second part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me watching the not watching the last episode of a TV show. You really like yeah, it. Still yeah. Go on. Well, I'll I'll start with one, and then we'll go over to your first half. Then yeah. <laughs> and see what it is. Uh, Okay, Netflix, and this guy's in the news recently. It's called Conor McGregor, Notorious. Uh, filmed over the span of four years. Starts before he made it really big, which I wasn't expecting. I thought it'd begin, you know, when he was a name in MMA, but it doesn't. So it's really good that you get a look into his life before 
he was like you know this big celeb that he is now obviously he's in the news because he I think didn't he get somebody wanted to, a picture of him with the phone and he got the phone off them and threw it on the floor and stamped on it and there's some sex scandal with somebody in the hotel and he's quit MMA and there's currently rumours of him going into boxing and all this going on right now but putting that to one side watching this and his journey and his fucking me his dedication he knows what he wants to do he knows the work that he's got to do to get there and he puts in the work and you cannot fault him we were watching it and we're going okay fair play to you you deserve every every one of those millions that you've made because he's sacrificed so much and he's put the work into it he's fucking good at what he does you know he's a hard twat so you wouldn't you know really mess with him <laughs> um but he goes into his family life as well yeah and you know there's there's been like the tabloids do of all this between him and his girlfriend because they've got a kid and you see when she gets pregnant within this as well and and she has the kid um and how close he is to his family and he surrounds himself with people have known him obviously since before he made it big to keep away all the you know hangers-ons and people are just going to be like leeches and suck the money out of him we came out of it having a new appreciation for it i mean because i think some people and you can read if you just go by what's in the media you can think fuck me you're a dick but we came away both going he deserves everything he's got and he's you know he's a nice guy even though he might have just smash somebody's phone he's done this that and the other when you see what he's done and what he had to to do to get where he is it was really enjoyable and, and there's some fucking bloodthirsty fighting on top of it as well so yeah it's a win-win with this one hmm. I, I watched the trailer for that the other day funnily enough and uh hmm. yeah i fancy watching it because uh, I, I like watching uh you know the ufc and that kind of stuff oh so. you love this yeah you definitely love this oh cool awesome hmm. yeah i might watch that because yeah i, I struggle because he's obviously in the media a lot and it's it's yeah. a really weird thing that he's obviously in a real you know, full contact sport where, you know, it's fucking dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yet all the other stuff you see on the side of it feels like a backstage skit at, on WWE in 1992 or something like that. It's, <laughs> which it almost comes across as like fake bullshit half the time. And he's throwing things at buses and whatnot. It, sort of thing you see Hulk Hogan do. And then <laughs> yeah. you, you actually get, well, apart from sat on the end of a bed crying. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, but then he's actually doing a, you know, a full fucking body, you know, MMA as well. It is, it's, mm. it's weird that he, it's like he's had these, has these two personas. And, you yeah. know, obviously, I'm not saying you no, know, it's not all orchestrated, but he's got to be, you know, he knows exactly what he's doing to oh, get the right yeah. kind of attention. So you know, yeah, build, you know, he's, he's made himself a character, and to, you know, to find out that yeah. He manages to keep his private life pretty private, his family close and his proper friends close. Yeah. You know, it's, it's nice. He's just playing the game, isn't it? He's playing the game perfectly. Yeah, oh yeah, he right. is. And there's not there's not as much fighting in it as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's none the worse for it. You know, I'm really glad yeah. that they didn't concentrate on the fighting side and they made it more about the man, you know, and family and friends and what you know what he's had to sacrifice and the work that he's put in. All of that is far more interesting and it's really good. And like I say, it covers over four years and there's loads of stuff that happens. You know, these injuries that he's got to deal with before big fights and then injuries to other people that he's going to fight and all this, that and the other, the way that the system works and how he plays it to his advantage. And that's, yeah, it is. It's a really good documentary. Enjoyed it a lot more. Even if you're not into MMA as just um, just a human story, it's really good to watch. 
There's a guy uh, uh, I work with, and he's watched like the UFC since the first one, and you know he's saying it's similar to what to you said, Adam. How it's changed in as much as that he does seem to be they have to sell the fights, you know, and they have to get all this stuff that going. But you know, with with McGregor as well, I think there's not many people out there that had that can talk shit like he does, you know, in terms of getting into the heads of other fighters and the things that, you know, he, he says and he does and, and everything else. And, uh, I mean, I watched the last fight that he was uh, in with uh, Khabib. Um, and, you know, he'd just come from his, like you said, um, that ban. Had, or was he to get banned or was he just, uh, you know, he hadn't fought for a long time. It was, yeah. you know, the build-up when he threw that thing at the bus and everything else. And if, and then you know there was the whole stuff about uh, jumping over the cage and whatever. So, but yeah, I think he's he's definitely a character. He's, you know, mm-hmm. there's no two ways about it. You know, and he's he's made the most out of his career for sure. Oh, he's got a whiskey brand, hasn't he? You know, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. For God's sake, you know. Yeah. Um, so he's not short of a few quid. He's not. Like is he? <laughs> well, he, he could have retired just off that Floyd Mayweather fight, couldn't he? That he yeah. Got, made a bucket of money out of that. Oh yeah. God, yeah. Go on but, then, Adam. What's, yeah. what's, oh, sorry, Chris. You got some. You no, no. That, I was going to say, yeah. There you go. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. The only thing I watched, I watched the first part of. Is it, is it Finding Neverland? Oh, yeah. Because mm. this is one of the three that I was. Yes. Go on. Mm. Now, oh, actually, before you start, then, did you watch the three-hour version that was shown in the UK, or the first half of the three-hour, or it was a four-hour version that was shown in America? Ooh, I, mm. I only watched the first half of the English one. Ah. Go on, then. What are your thoughts about this? So, sorry, oh. is, is this not the... This isn't about the J.M. Barry, then? It's not that one. Peter Pan the, the, with Johnny Depp? No. <laughs> <laughs> no? Wait, no, this, no. Because uh, that didn't have any buggery in it, or uh, you know, <laughs> from, uh, I remember crying when I was watching it. But, <laughs> not for those reasons. I have <laughs> Sorry, I derailed you. Go on. I've heard all about this, but I haven't watched it. I must admit. Okay. Uh, it's, it's it's not an easy watch. No. Um, you know, because obviously there's been rumours and and jokes and everything for years levelled levelled at him while he was alive that he might be you know fingering macaulay culkin or whatever <laughs> whatever he was doing in his spare time mm-hmm. uh this focuses on 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 two people is it wade 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 and and somebody i'm just clicking on it now wade yeah. and somebody say because i remember the name safe chuck yeah. um <laughs> jimmy safe chuck and wade robson yeah who both who both claim to have had uh relationships with mr jackson and it yeah through their tales it, it tells the tale of how they met how michael essentially kind of groomed them yeah, uh, yeah. and uh sexed them up mm. for a better <laughs> phrase <laughs> but, wasn't that one of his songs i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah, it's um, it, it was weird because it it was like it was just a you know for years it was almost like a weird joke that he just hung around kids and there's a whole thing of well he just you know it's not that he not that he bummed anyone he just doesn't know how to be an adult and then when you hear when you hear the stories coming out and the terminology used when oh. I think it was Wade when he says you know he had 
my seven-year-old penis in his mouth. It's just like, okay. Yeah. 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 It, it, it bring, it brings all that kind of, well, he's just a bit weird. It, it, it sort of brings that crashing down and how he was with the parents, allegedly, because again, these are allegations. He's Mm -hmm. not live to, um, you know, argue against himself, against himself, argue for himself or anything like that. So there'll only ever be allegations. You know, there's, there's no, I suppose there's no, well, unless there is a part two, there's there's no proof, you know, cast iron proof that this happened. But, oof, oof, difficult. It is a tough watch, isn't it? Mm. And so we, we, uh, we downloaded. The, 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 I don't know why it was four hours in America and, and it's like split into two 90-minute sections over here. No idea why they like lost an hour. Um, but in all honesty you're not missing a lot apart from more bits where you're going to go, oh, for fuck's sake, that doesn't mm. sound too good at all. Uh, and, of course, you're getting the big Michael Jackson fans that, no matter what, are screaming that these guys are lying. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you've got this side. Of people are, are saying, well, you know, he did this. You've got to wake up and admit that he did this. This My thing, and it's sort of, well, obviously it's linked to this, is I saw Michael Jackson on the Bad Tour, in the UK, brilliant. Been a Michael Jackson fan for, well, since Jackson 5. And then, you know, his solo career followed that. And um, I heard, you know, you hear these stories because they're all in the media. And, and I was sort of more to think, nah, surely he wouldn't do that. And it was, again, it was that lost childhood kind of thing that he'd never had. And he just, friends, stuff that's put across in you, know, you cannot help but think, he was not a nice guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's pretty conclusive that he was not a nice guy. The thing that gets my goat, though, is people now saying, well, you can't play his music. I think it's like Radio 2 have stopped playing his music. I think it's one of the radio stations have. But then it's like, you can't listen to his music. You can't listen to his music. Well, I grew up listening to Michael Jackson songs. Really enjoyed them. And who's being punished if I suddenly stop listening? It, I'm just punishing myself, aren't I? That here's some music that I grew up listening to and I really like, and now I'm going to stop listening to it. Now, you've got to separate like the artist from the art, and I don't condone these. You know what he is alleged to have done whatsoever. I think it's horrific, um, but then I'm not going to burn like his LPs that I've got either. A, a lot of people are doing that. I mean, what do you two think of that? Would is that something that that you would do? Would you take that stance and go, "Oh, it's music. I'm going to get rid of it." Even you know, if think of a band that you really like. See, it was Kiss and like Gene Simmons that came out that he'd done similar. I would think it was abhorrent what he's done, and I think you'd be a complete cunt for doing it. But I wouldn't suddenly stop listening to Kiss records. Well, it, it doesn't take away the memories you've got associated with the music, does it? You know. No. It, why ruin your own memories? I suppose you know yeah. you, you don't want to then look back on your life of of having you know X happen or you know all these fun times when you were listening to whatever yeah, music yeah. to have those taken away from you. That that's that 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 seems counterproductive because all you're doing is re- is removing anything happy you've got you know any happy memories you've got associated with it. Mm. But yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, you know, some people will they they won't be able to get that out of their head, you know. And if if that's the way they react, then I suppose that's the way they react. But on just just to burn stuff on principle, 
mm. seems, you know, neither yeah. here nor there. I think it's down to each person to decide, you know, if it, if it tarnishes it enough for you personally, then by all means, you know, don't listen to it. If if you can separate the two different things, then, you know, crack on, basically, yeah. I suppose. It's a weird one because uh, I'm hearing you guys talk about it. I'm thinking, do I need to change the intro for the ABC of gaming? Because <laughs> 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 uh, well, I'm not going to do this, you know. Um, that was long before any of all this kind of came out. Um, but no, I mean, I um, going back a, a, a few years, I, I really liked the band The Lost Prophets. I'm sure you guys have heard of them. I've heard uh, of them, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ian Watkins was the lead singer who was um, in prison at the moment, so serving 29 years for sexual offences, uh, including assault of young children. Uh, I went to see them live. I didn't actually get in. Well, I got into the concert, but I was so pissed I got thrown out. So I, 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 I didn't see them live. That, and I have, to, I have to mention Wayne. I always mention Wayne. I went with him. Uh, so the next, we got so drunk beforehand. Um, binge drinking not to fuck and um the, the the next thing i know is waking up like in bed the next day thinking what the fuck happened and then uh he woke up in hospital he collapsed so like you know it was uh, he was fine but you know we drank that much oh stupid. uh you know uh, and oh man i've never done anything like that again but still so um but yeah that's not the main point of anyway so the when all it, it all came out about uh, you know Ian Watkins, uh, I never wanted to listen to Lost Prophets again. I liked their music, I really liked the music, you know, but there's something about it that I just thought I don't want to listen to this again because of you know all this the you know basically the kind of person that he was, mm-hmm. um, and and I think maybe the difference between obviously the massive difference between the lost prophets and michael jackson uh, and i totally agree wholeheartedly that michael jackson i had the the bad album uh listened to it constantly when i was a kid um you know you can't deny that the music like the thriller you know uh, uh, all the music he's done billy jean you know, everything you know to, to a point you know it's, it's amazing music it really is and to just sort of like just wipe that out completely it's tough, whereas with The Lost Prophets, I really like one of their albums. Do you know what I mean? So mm, it's yeah, kind of yeah. easy for me. And plus it was more current. And because this guy, this fucker's still alive, do you know what I mean? And he's in prison. It's it's different, I think. So I can kind of look at it in, in that way. I personally, I don't, I, I'm not going to make a conscious effort to, to never listen to any Michael Jackson stuff ever again. Um it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, like you said, Adam, there's all there was always those rumours that you know, oh, you know, he always has kids to the uh, to, to Neverland, and he, you know, he just likes to he, he relates more to children than he does to adults, and he's a big kid himself, and it's it's a it's a really strange, mate. I don't know because he went through it obviously when he was alive, accusations were made, uh, but then now he's dead. It's it's a strange one. It is a strange one. It is I, odd because it was it was all no not not quite, but part of it was just there in plain sight. You mm. know, the fact that he did just hang around with kids all the time, and you look back now, and then it it does seem weird. If that was now, given the current climate of everything, that behaviour would have been flagged 
a lot more i think at the time mm. if it was now it's 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 such a weird thing to look back yeah. on but it's so unusual it's he so got away odd. with a lot because he was like seen as this eccentric millionaire pop star yeah. who had his own well and it was called neverland you know and you know he's had a theme park there and he was all did that that period of time when he got Bubbles the Chimp that he was always seen with. So it was like, yeah. it didn't seem as though it sounds really weird saying it now, out of the ordinary for him to be seen walking along with kids. Because yeah. you thought it was, he was just a kid himself with what he yeah. was doing. And you wouldn't think it'd go to that next stage, which it did. Are you are you going to watch like part two then? Oh yeah, yeah, I'll definitely yeah. watch part two, yeah. 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 But yeah, but, uh, it's such, a, it's such a, an odd one because... Mm -hmm. It may have been so obvious, but it wasn't because. And was that just that was that the image that he created to hide it, or something? Because by the you know by the sound of the, the documentary, this, you know this this is proper predatory paedophile. This isn't a mm. well, I don't even know if there's a, another type, but this was you know this was almost like an aggressive predator yeah. of children. Yeah, and somebody and who, that, who took years, didn't he, to just infiltrate himself into the family life and then like, there's yeah. just something as well with the families we were on about especially the mothers of these two guys as well mm. are culpable in this yeah. as well because what they let happen and to their own admission they now say they shouldn't have let this happen but they were then drawn into this world of fame and for fuck's sake when you're talking when michael jackson's you know at the peak of mm. his fame and you've got him coming round to your house to watch the telly with you and that they're going to go, fuck, this is great. And he's, suddenly he's flying you across the country and around the world and this, that and the other. And they're, they're going, oh, this is nice. A little like, little taste of fame and fortune here. Yeah. And so they're, they're not entirely innocent either. No, I mean, it's also really hard to compare because I don't think there's anyone with that scale of fame, like globally. No. I'd say no. not a single, not like a, a single person on their own who's got that kind of, yeah, that kind of, that kind of fame all over the world for their music at the moment. None, no one who would cause that kind of mayhem where, where absolutely wherever they go to, to that extent. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it is odd. It's really, it's, yeah, it is odd. Is this something that you would watch Chris or are you just yeah, not yeah. No, no, I definitely, um, I'm interested, but I mean, it's, it was the big talking point at work, you know, there's loads mm. of people sort of talking about it. Just, uh, I haven't got around to watching it. Uh, I, I am genuinely interested. I mean, particularly, you know, so I can make my own mind up and now mm. you guys have been talking about it, but, uh, it's, I'm, there's an article I'm looking at the guardian now. I, mean, I haven't really had a chance to read it obviously cause I'm talking to you guys, but, uh, it is, you know, the, the, the article is, can we still listen to Michael Jackson? You know, so that the, there are, it's, I think it's a, it's one of those, there's lots of, you know, people, uh, music journalists sort of like, you know, writing a piece about their thoughts, you know, and uh, like there's this one, they're talking about this when Gary Glitter, do you know what I mean? And Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, that's and, another one. You know, I grew up listening to him and I still love his music, you know. It, it, it's such a, it's a weird one. It's such a weird, it's it. Oh, so many fucked up things in this world, isn't there? Really, you know, mm. they, they, yeah. people, and, and, and you know, if, if in positions of power, and uh, not just in entertainment, but you know, anybody in a position of power, you know, you got the whole stuff with priests and things like that, and it's just, it's awful to think that people will. Uh, you know, Barry Bennell's another one. You know, talking about football. You know, use the hopes and dreams of of young people to 
to do horrible things and it's it's awful really you know mm. uh so but yeah i i, I do want to watch it um be a nice cheery one to watch i might <laughs> I, I think I, could, I might be able to watch uh i'll, I'll watch the the, the the disappearance of madeline mccann after that just to cheer me up well that's that's my final documentary mate that's the last one i've got to talk about you know. yeah, a little bit of child abduction to finish the documentary section <laughs> and we watched it because it was such a big thing especially over here in the uk when it happened when madeline mccann you know was abducted and we thought oh, we've got to watch this uh it's on Netflix. It's eight episodes, and I think it could be a little bit more succinct. It could have probably been better, maybe six episodes. There's a little bit of repeti- repetition in it, showing the same thing again and again. But much like I said with the Inside the Factory, obviously a bit of a difference between Squeezy Cheese and Child Abduction, but it's watching it. <laughs> Greg Wallace on this one as well. <laughs> yeah. He gets very excited in this as well. Madeline McCann, yeah! There's quite a few times we were sat watching it and going, well, I never knew that. You know, you think you know the story of what's happened, but then these little facts coming out. Um, it still leaves it open. There's no, obviously, there's no conclusive, this is what happened. Everybody's got their own opinion about what they think may have happened. No matter what your opinion is, this will more than likely inform you and you'll get some more facts thrown at you. Um, so you maybe stick to whatever opinion you've got of what you think may have happened or not. It was, um, and again, much like the, the Michael Jackson one, I don't know if you can call it like entertaining as such, but definitely informative. And if you sort of lived through that time, because the papers over here, all the news media, any type of media, uh, was just that's all you had for ages, Madeline McCann, Madeline McCann, and it does go through how the family captured sort of the hearts of the nation, and everybody's going, "Oh my God!" And then how it all twisted and turned, and everybody sort of went against them, and the all the media turned against them. So it was really interesting for that. So yeah, if you want, if you want eight hours of uh, child abduction, the disappearance of Madeline McCann on Netflix. <laughs> It's a weird one because they were absolutely reviled, aren't they, by a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I know people who absolutely hate them. And we, again, we have conversations about this kind of thing at, at work, you know, and, and I haven't watched it. I uh, must admit it's it's on my to-watch list, but mm. I'm not sure. You know, I, kind of, I think I agree with sort of like, you know, the um, conversation I've had at work is that at the end of the day, if, you know, they made a mistake if they left her alone or, you know, I mean, this they've, is the got, thing, they've yeah. got to live with that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. And there's a, that you just imagine, um, you know, particularly having two little two daughters, you know, you, 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 you've, she's gone and, and, and they're never going to see her again. You know, mm-hmm. we, we assume that that's the, the case. But I don't know. It's it's, you know, the amount of people that you talk to, oh, they did it, you know, and. You know, they're awful parents. They've lost a the child. You know, they're never going to get her back. Mm. And it's, the, the thing with this, though, is, and it's one thing that sort of got my back up a little bit about it, was how quite often it was deemed natural that they went off for this evening meal and they left Madeline and the two younger kids, so the three young kids, alone in this apartment. Mm. Uh, and other families that they were having this late meal with, they'd all left the, the 
kids alone in the apartments and they apparently they took like every 20 minutes they'd take it in turns one of them would do the rounds and check that kids were all, all okay and that was deemed a normal thing to do no. now i would never and everybody's parenting style is obviously completely different but personally i would never leave my kids alone especially even young kids you know, I mean, mine are fucking 19 and 20 now, and you still worry about them if they're by themselves. Yeah. But at that age, and abroad, I wouldn't go, okay, let's go for a meal with friends, and we'll just you know, we'll have them checked on every 20, 25 minutes. No, if the kids are really tired and they can't come to the meal with you, well, then either... You stay either, at home, or, too. You stay at home. Yeah. You know, or yeah. one of you go out and bring a takeaway into the room or something. It would never cross my mind to leave the kids alone. No. And this on more than one occasion puts it out as that's a normal thing to do when everybody does it. And that's something that I really disagreed with. Mm -hmm. No, I, I'm with you. You know, we, we, we go uh, say everywhere. We, we either have somebody look after the kids or we, we it's, we don't go out very often. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? We, we kind of like, and, and Kay, you know, as much as sometimes I've, I've sort of like, Sort of not criticised her a little bit by saying that like, you know we should have more time for ourselves. She's like, like say for example you go to um, you know go on holiday whatever those kids clubs and stuff like that you know. But her point of view is well they're my children why would I get anybody else to look after them? Mm -hmm. And and I can kind of see, I can totally see her argument mm -hmm. um, you know but I can also see the other side of it as well that you know well you've got to have some time for each other as well yeah, you know as yeah. as a couple. But no I'd, I'd never think of like you know. I mean, how old was she when she disappeared? She was, was she three, if I remember rightly. I mean, that's just thinking about it now. I mean, Eve, like Lucy, six. I wouldn't leave her on her own. No. Maybe because I think she'd burn the fucking house down. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I just, I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? It's just unreal to think that that's the case. But yeah. they've got to live with that for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah, they have. So... But there you go. There we go. That was a, that was a happy documentary section. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, I, I guess there are, but are there many happy documentaries? Because all the ones you'd sort of like bring up, uh, you know, <laughs> about people being murdered, yeah. uh, raped, mm. abducted. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going to watch that one. I have, I did watch it. Uh, I guess you call it a documentary. It's on Netflix again about the toys that we grew up with. You know, just oh, as, I'm watching going through that. That's a great series. Yeah, just, just to balance it out. You know, because yeah, entertain. <laughs> watch the one on, after you watch the the disappearance of Madeline McCann. Watch the one on Hello Kitty. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just to lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's lighten the mood then. Let's move on to movies, and I'll I'll start off with one that will definitely lighten the mood. Uh, we sort of acquired this to watch should i say uh you're not going to find it on netflix yet uh stan and ollie steve coogan as stan john c Riley as ollie i've been big fan of laurel and hardy since i was a kid i brought my kids up watching laurel and hardy i bought the big dvd box set and nine times out of ten if it was getting you know before bedtime and they could watch something it would nearly always be they wanted laurel and hardy on uh, and this does them justice, catches them late in their career uh, when they came over to the UK. And it's, it's, oh, it's so touching. You know what I mean? If you've got any love of Laurel and Hardy, you've got to watch this. I think it's the way that Steve Coogan and John C. Riley portrayed the characters is brilliant. The, the mannerisms, they've got spot on. Voices are really good. Uh, the prosthetics, especially on um, John C. Riley as Oliver Hardy, is incredible. Um, 
And if you know, I'm guessing if you are like not Stan and Ollie fan, you know how this trip panned out and ultimately, you know, what, what happened health wise going on. So it's it gets very poignant towards the end. So it's got, you know, laughs and smiles, few tears. But the way the two main characters are just superb in it and it's it is it's well worth a watch, even if you've got like just a passing interest in them, which oh come on, surely everybody's Laurel and Hardy fan. Don't either of you tell me that you fucking hate them now after all of this. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm like you. I grew up watching it. You know, my nan used to put it on. Uh, we'll say put it on. Uh, it's not like Netflix has been around forever. Mm. Uh, you know, it, it'd just be on the TV, like kind of because I'd go and stay with my nan. You know, uh, when my mum was and dad were working, yeah. and it'd, it'd be on either BBC Two. You know, during to... the day, yeah. or it'd just be commonplace, wouldn't it? You know, you'd watch. Uh, you know, I'll. Um, Fucking hell, Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> I couldn't think then. Uh, you know what I mean? And it would just, yeah. It, so I, I know people have watched this and said it's really good. So are you mm. just another one that to back that up? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they do look spot on. I must admit, looking at a picture of them now. Yeah, it is. It's really good. Recommended, yeah. definitely. Cool. Go on, I've got two more movies, so I'll hand it over to you two guys. Oh, I've got three. Emily, you got Adam. I've got two, but I think I share one of them with you, maybe. Ooh, it's like top trumps, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, I'll do one that um, um, it's, it's not the one I'm guessing you're thinking, what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope that's clear. Uh, but no, I watched, uh, say, I we watched Deadpool 2 uh, last week. Uh, 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 ben, oh, God, Ben, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Um, he's, he's always here, even when he's not here. Um I know you've watched this, haven't you, Dave? Have you watched it, Adam? No, I've seen the first one. I haven't got around to watching the second one. Yeah, it's on Sky Movies. Uh, I think you liked it quite a lot, didn't you, Dave? You, um... Yeah, we went to the cinema to watch it, and then we've bought it on Blu-ray as well. Yeah, I, I did like it. I still, I think the first, I like the first one uh, more so than the second one. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this carries on the story. You know, Deadpool, uh, Wade Wilson, uh, who's played by Ryan Reynolds. Uh, you know, you think, well. That, that kind of role's made for him, really, isn't it? You know, you can't imagine anybody else playing this character. I think he, he genuinely does uh, love the the character. Um, and it's one of those, I mean, you know, the story's the story. I'm not going to, it's a kind of a uh, superfluous, really, to the, the sort of the... the um, the character itself, you know, and the humour and the the, the, the breaking the, the, the wall, you know, and making all the kind of the connections to the, the audience and the nods and winks and all the cultural references. It's pretty breathless in places, you know, that it's almost like there's so much being thrown at you in terms of like either cultural references or jokes or f things that are happening that you kind of think, holy shit, you know, just take a breath, just, just kind of, you know, because uh, with this, I mean, going back to what you were saying about that, um, animation um, the, the guy who was supposed to direct Deadpool 2 he left and it's directed by a different guy and um, I, I don't you know I, I don't think it suffers for that particularly I mean I like the first one because it was quite different to a lot of the Marvel movies that are out there uh, you know in, in terms of the, the humour and everything else the filth and whatever um, but yeah I, I liked it I, I, you know it, like I said at times it's difficult to keep up with what's going on because this I found anyway. And, and I, I mean, I, I like it cause I watch a lot of films anyway, but um, all the in jokes and stuff like that, you know, they are going to go over a lot of people's heads because mm. you've got to know the references to kind of get the joke. 
Um, but you know, that's fine from my point of view. Um, yeah, it was it was good. It was entertaining. You know, it was. Um, I liked uh, Josh Brolin as um, Cable. Uh, he was good in it. Um, the the final sequence. Uh, you know, they always have the after the credits sequence. It's really funny. Uh, yeah, it's it's good. You know, it, 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 I didn't love it, but I really enjoyed it. If that makes sense. Uh, where I've, I've watched the first one a couple of times. Um, so and yeah, and one of the other new characters. There's that sequence in it where they set up their their little group of superheroes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. which is really good, really funny. Uh, I'm not going to say what happens, but yeah, that was awesome. And then one of the new characters, Domino, um, is she's good in it as well. So yeah, I, I definitely recommend that. It's on Sky Movies at the moment. So um, and you can buy it on Blu-ray, obviously. Mm. <laughs> or you can pirate it like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be fair, I'd probably pirate it on Cody, except Cody's very hit and miss these days. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but yeah, Deadpool two. It's a mm. good, it's, uh, it is good. It, it, yeah. It... Yeah, I did prefer the first one, like you, of the two. Yeah. But it's entertaining, though. You know. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think that. Uh, not that I worry about it. I don't sort of like stay awake at night thinking, "Oh God, I hope the sequel isn't going to be shit or whatever." You know, <laughs> but I, I, if it goes on, I, I'd assume that there's going to be a Deadpool three. Um, you know, is the joke going to start to wear thin? It's going to have mm. to sit constantly up its game, uh, otherwise it'll kind of you know um, end up getting a bit stale, which I don't want to see because the, they've both been pretty good movies on that on the whole. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There you go. Uh, go on, Adam. Uh, all right, my first one is uh, we went to the cinema to watch Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, because I, I'm still watching all the Marvel films. Um, I've got this far. I'll, I'll definitely definitely get to the next one, uh, the, the big finale, such Endgame, before yeah. they before they do whatever they're going to do after that. Because I don't think they've announced much beyond that, really, which is. A first, uh, they're also keeping what happens in Endgame pretty uh, close to their chest. So Captain Marvel's, well, it's big thing is it is the first one with a female lead um, in the MCU, if you want to call it that. Um, I I enjoyed it. Um, it's not up there with the best films that Marvel have made, uh, the likes of Winter Soldier, um, maybe. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy one, that kind of thing. Um, but after after the big sort of showstopper one that you know, uh, Infinity War, I think you need something a, a little bit smaller. They've they've done that a few times before. Mm. Um, whenever they've released a big film, they have something a bit more mellow afterwards. Although they did have Ant Man and the Wasp, I think after. So maybe this isn't quite the one after. But ever, anyway, I, I I lose track of of what what came out when. Um, yeah, this also had the difficult thing of kind of being an origin story, and it's it feels a bit weird to have an origin story this far in when the next film is kind of promoted as, well, obviously as the end game. It isn't the end, but it's the end for certainly a portion of these characters who have been around for the last decade. Um, so an origin story, even though this is a reverse origin story where she's kind of already a hero at the start, and it's about her finding out who she was as a human um so it's a little play on the origin story but um 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of people criticise this, saying it's it's dull or uh, boring. I I just don't know. I, I didn't find that. Um, I thought Brie Larson was perfectly fine as mm-hmm. as Carol Danvers. Uh, set in the '90s, so there's a few references there, obviously for the '90s, music-wise and locations. There's things like blockbusters and whatnot in the film. They could have played way too heavily on it, but I thought they they didn't do too badly as far as that went. Um, I will say the the youngification they did on Samuel L. Jackson is freakily superb. Yeah, <laughs> it's really odd, and it works very very well in just knocking what would it be, 20-odd years off Samuel. Apart from, there is one tiny hilarious bit in the film where he runs, and at that point you go, ooh, that's a 70-year-old man running. (laughs) (laughs) It's a 70-year-old man running with a 50-year-old man's face on it. Yeah, that's not too convincing (laughs) because he can't move very well these days. (laughs) It's a proper proper old man granddad run. (laughs) It's it's brilliant. Um, But no... I, said, I, I know you've spoken, Dave, that you've kind of dropped out of these because, yeah, you're right in what you say. There's only so much you can throw at the screen. Mm. But if I if if I still compare these to the DC films, what they've done is build up not all of them, but there there is a core cast of characters there that've actually managed to build up over a series of films. So I think you give more of a shit about them than say a a Batman or a Superman in the in the DC films. So I'm, I'm more invested in the characters in this one, I suppose. Mm. And after seeing the the end of Infinity War where things happen and, and you know, spoilers, but half of the life in the universe is gone. Um, to see a hero pop up who, you know, all, all of the heroes in, 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 in all these films so far, they're all... They're all strong in certain ways. Um, she seems to be like, well, she is like Marvel's version of Superman, but Superman, what a better term. Yeah. So it, yeah. you know, she, when she gets her full whack of powers at the end, it does feel like that, you know, for me personally, because I'm, I'm a nine-year-old boy at heart, there was a kind of yes moment as she fully realized her potential and then just started unleashing because, you know, in line with the other films, it feels like there's someone who can actually do something about the situation they're in, or at least be a big part of it. So I liked it. Yeah, I, I saw it at the cinema uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. And uh, like you, I mean, I'm probably a bit more, a bit cooler on it than you uh, are. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Um, it was not my favourite Marvel movie, I have to say. No. Um, you know, and, and like you said, there's an origin story. It's perfectly fine. Uh, you know, and, and um, I, I, I agree with you in, in respect of the sort of like those movies you mentioned, like um, Infinity War, still one of my favourites. You know, Guardians is is cracking. Um, you know, just th- that that's the benchmark, I think. You know, for sort of like the Marvel sort of movies, uh, it's like Spider-Man: Homecoming. I mentioned last t- time as well. I really like that. That that's going to be uh, one of the next Marvel movies. It's it's kind of weird how they've set the. I don't know. I don't know if it feels rushed a little bit, but it's like uh, Captain Marvel came out in March. Then you've got Endgame in April. Normally, there's a decent gap in between, isn't there? Sort of like yeah. You know, uh, it, I, I don't know. Almost like it feels like oh, we've got to kind of get this one out quickly so that the we can fit it into the, the new one. Maybe if they'd have delayed 
end game to a bit later on in the year. I don't know, but still, um, I mean, these films aren't going to stop anytime soon, are they? You know, it's, no. they're here to stay for for the duration. Um, so yeah, like you said, I can't disagree with anything you said. Really, the uh, the nineties references, the music, the soundtrack was good. Uh, you know, kind of <laughs> reminded me of my youth a little bit. Yeah, same um, here. <laughs> so and. Um, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson was really good in it. Brie Larson was really good in it. Um, the the one criticism I suppose I have got was the sort of like it felt a bit Men in Blacky a little bit, you know, kind of shape shifting aliens coming to Earth and uh, you know a, a comedy kind of effect animals uh, sort of in as much as like yeah. you know, the, the talking dog from Men in Black or whatever. I mean- but they had a nice twist on the on the shapeshifting aliens halfway through it. That didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, Ben Mendelsohn was very good, um, even though you only see him briefly in his like you know natural form, shall we say? Uh, yeah, Jude Law was fine. Uh, seeing Annette Benning pop up as well was quite nice because you don't yeah. see her very often in, in stuff these days. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was a sort of a, for me a three pushing a four out of five do you know what i mean movie yeah in 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 that respect so but dave i can't imagine this is going to convert you anytime soon uh i know you mentioned that you saw aquaman i've got no real desire to watch that at all it just looks so cg heavy oh my god may i tell you it's i am at complete saturation point with superhero movies be it from marvel or dc or or whoever just superhero movies in general. The only one that's caught my interest at the moment is that Shazam, but that's mostly because it looks like a silly comedy as well, so that's caught my interest. But apart from that, no, this and it's not just the CG as well, although Aquaman, fuck me, is loaded with it. The only reason I watched it is, like, it's Jason Momoa's topless in it, so I've got no choice because Tina put his <laughs> wet as not as pocket whenever he comes on screen with no bloody top on. So I got no choice in watching that, but it was like I did not give a flying fuck for any character in it. The whole cast could have died, and I go, no, okay, that's fine. Um, and you were talking there, Adam, about the de aging on Sam Jackson. Well, the, the de aging uh, in this. Oh, and I forget the actor's name. He was. Oh, it will come to me. But it's the worst de aging I've ever seen. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> and I was going, for fuck's sake, why didn't they just get an actor that was, you know, 20 years younger with slight similarity? And they would have sold it much better than it looks like some sort of melted action man that they've animated <laughs> on screen to put on that. And we did, we did play this game of is anything actually real apart from the actors that are in it? The, every single backdrop in it and everything is just so cg and it is and i use this phrase all the time of like uh candy floss for the eyes but that's what it this especially is where this and i don't know if it's you know getting older maybe and i want more from the stuff i've watched i was i remember watching t2 and being wowed by the effects and for a while you know effects were like fuck me that looks amazing that looks amazing I'm way past any sort of CGI going, fuck, that looks so good. The best CGI for me now is the stuff that you don't notice. You And you go, really? Was that thing, whatever, in the background, that was CG? I thought that was real. That's good CG for me, not in your face. Look, we can, we can have this character on a shark underwater with a lightning trident while whatever happens all in 3D. Just because you can do it doesn't mean to say you have to do it. Yeah. I'd rather watch a film now, you know, 
A Man Called Ove I always bring up because that's one of the best films I've seen, not just in the last few years since we've been doing the podcast, but ever. That's gone into my top films ever. And that's just all, it's all about character and caring for the people in it and, you know, a strong narrative to it rather than whiz-bang wallop. And then that's it. Oh, here's another one. And it's a different superhero character anyway i could rant like an old fuck for ages about this but I won't. <laughs> so yeah i don't um i saw the first I don't know, 40 minutes of infinity war checked out of it i've got no real desire to watch any it, it wouldn't bother me if i never watched a marvel film again it really i've seen enough to satisfy my need for that type of, of, of film I can kind of see, I mean, like, you know, we, we've mentioned Mark Kermode a few times on the podcast and and uh, I can kind of, you know, I always listen to his reviews of the Marvel films or watch them on YouTube or whatever. And yeah, I think it, I agree with him in, in a lot of ways. And I think you're of similar, you know, mindsets in, in as much as that, you know, he tends to enjoy them, but he never feels 100% invested in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, such a, uh, In as much as like, so, you know, people have say... I hate to say of a younger, you know, age or whatever, you know, who know the stories back to front and whatever, because I, you know, I, I'm, I, I like them, you know what I mean. But I think it's one of those, isn't it? And we said this before, you have to, like you said, Adam, you've come this far with them, so you don't want to stop now, but you do have to keep up with every single movie, yeah. otherwise you feel like you're going to miss out on stuff. Oh, Even I, I still enjoy them. It's not like when I used to watch The Walking Dead, when it was just. I was, I was watching that to see if it ever got better, and it and it didn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do still enjoy these. I mean, I mean they've hit a formula. Don't I mean it's ob- the, the, there's a definite formula to all these films now. But the very fact that they're at least watchable, twenty two films in or whatever, is is oh, is yeah. a minor miracle. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Considering yeah. some of the franchises, you know, you'd get to four or five, and it'd be like, oh, uh, they'd be they'd be so far down the toilet it'd be ridiculous mm-hmm. that's stuff you know they know what they're doing and they do it well how far along down the line i'll go i don't know and there there is a worry that you know it is starting to take over you know cinemas to a fairly large portion mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. everything just avoids them and and there is they're becoming that ubiquitous because i can use a fantastically <laughs> posh word <laughs> That you know that you are in danger of, of that's that's all a cinema will become, and it, and that would be that's, a shame. That is a shame, especially like you know, obviously everybody listening to this has the, our website set as their homepage whenever they switch on an internet-enabled device. Uh, there's been some review. We went to the Starburst Film Festival and we went to the Manchester Film Festival. Two great showcases of like independent filmmaking. And there's stuff out there that's, you know, done on next to nothing budget by people that most people would never, ever even get to hear of. Putting out some amazing work out there. But it's just not going to be seen because of, you know, these big blockbusters that that draw in the attention. I know, obviously, because of the the, uh, the takings that these Marvel films make and all everything like it. I'm definitely in the minority with what I think about them. And I did enjoy them to begin. It's just, like I said, I'm just at saturation point now. I've just had enough and would rather watch something, you know, a bit more eclectic. Mm. 
Yeah, uh, and like you said, they're here to stay for the time being, aren't they? I think yeah. uh, I, I can't remember which director. I think it was Spielberg, uh, but you know, kind of said that. Well, th- these these will go the way of the westerns. You know, westerns were around years ago. Uh, you know, constantly being made, and then people lost interest in them. And you know, they so. But well, whether well, that's true or not, I don't know. There's plenty of characters. Is this oh, yeah. is this the same Spielberg who who shits all over things like Netflix and says they're ruining everything and then sells his soul to Apple? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is this is a good point. Then I'll talk about this one because this is this is on Netflix. It's low budget. It's got CG in it. Um, not great CG. But it fits the look of it. But there's a lot of practical effects work in it. And it's called um, Erementari. It's a German film, subtitled. So I know some people don't like to watch subtitle films. So if that puts you off, sorry. But you're going to miss a great film. I, uh, I put subtitles on everything regardless. I do too. <laughs> do you? Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, um, but it's, it's... And this is one. I don't want to say too much about it because one of the great things about watching this is the discovery and the way the, like just the whole story unfolds in front of you. It's a dark fable. And it's a, this girl called Usu. And she's like a troubled little kid. And it's set sort of in indiscriminate days gone by. And in the, the village... And just outside of the village, there's the dark, scary house with all the, the that's all fenced off, and it's where the blacksmith lives. And everybody thinks this blacksmith's evil, and don't go near the house. And you know, the classic scene of kids playing outside, and something goes over the fence, and they break in to get it. And the blacksmith appears, and they scream and run away because he's the big evil blacksmith. But then, and the, again, if you're going to watch it, which I do recommend, stick with it. The first twenty minutes or so. I think some people may drop out of it, but it really picks up from like that mark onwards and just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, again, I don't want to give too much away. Some of the prosthetic work in it is incredible. Uh, there's something that you discover and is ma- ends up being a main character in the film. And the the whole makeup effects on this person is just great. We went, oh my God, that's so fucking great looking at it and then it descends into another place which is quite cg heavy but very stylized done in a way that okay we're going to this place and we know it doesn't really sort of look like you'd think it might do so it's really stylized because they've only got a low budget to make it so if you're in the market that you want a really enjoyable dark fable where the story sort of twists and turns and takes you into places where you didn't know it's funny it's scary. It's got quite a few what the fuck moments in it. Uh, it's got everything. Absolutely loved it. Mm. Mm. Er, I think the full title of it is uh, Erementari, the Blacksmith and the Devil, which might give a little a little clue away to what happens in it. Ooh. Mm. Really good though. I really enjoyed it. There's only there's only other, one other film in this first section that I've watched since we last recorded that I enjoyed more than that. That's how good it was. Awesome. For me, anyway. Well, for both of us, we both really loved watching it. You got anything else, Adam? Um, I finally got round to watching Creed 2. Oh, yes. I don't know what to think about it, to be honest. Um, I don't know. Right. You, you, you've obviously both seen it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't think... I liked it as much 
as I well certainly not as much as I wanted to, hmm. um, and it, try to pinpoint the reasons why because I think all its parts, more or less, work perfectly. So I think the, the like the character arc of Adonis is you know um, with his missus or I can't remember Bianca, um, and you know the arc they go through is is right and what what it should be. Uh, Rocky's character arc is right and what it should be. The relationship between uh, Ivan and Victor Drago that that that's fine. That works well. Um, Although I do disagree with Ivan Drago's character a bit in this, because I always took it in Rocky Four that he'd learnt some humility at the end. Mm. That Russia had, well, that the Soviet Union had already given up on him, and he he started fighting for himself rather than for his nation. And in this one, he's bitter at Rocky. Whereas I, I, I always thought he'd, he'd walk away with his head held high at the end of Rocky Four for some reason, rather than rather than low. But um, yeah, all of the character arcs seem okay for me. I mean, the idea is a bit. The idea of it's Ivan Drago's son. Get over that. You know, it's you know, it, it's a bit cheesy compared to the first film, but <clears throat> that is what it is. So they all feel fine. But this, I don't know. There's something missing from it. Um, I don't think the fight scenes were as good as in Creed or the Rocky films. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a slight problem I've had here since since Rocky Balboa. Um, I appreciate the fact that they're kind of filmed now to look a bit more like broadcast television to bring it up to date and to make it feel more like a real sport. But I think in doing that, you lose some of the bombast that I loved about all of the fights in the earlier Rocky films. And this feels like Creed 2 feels like a kind of amalgamation of bits of Rocky 2, Rocky 3 and Rocky 4 put in a Creed film, but without any of the any of the kind of, I know it's not an 80s film, but like the, the 80s exuberance that, say, Rocky Three and Rocky Four had. So it's taken bits out of it to feel like them, but then it, it, it hasn't got that, I don't know, the razzmatazz is missing out of it, for want of a better term. Mm. And it left me a little bit a little bit cold. I don't think, yeah, the direction of the fights were as good um, as any of the previous films. And I'm sure at the end, like when they're uh, the the final fight at the end of the film when they're in the big the big stadium, obviously a lot of that crowd in the background was CG and it, or and it seemed it seemed to be like a little bit of a little bit of a halo around some some of the fighters when they're against the background. It just didn't look as real. It didn't look as grounded, even though the yeah. rest of the film has gone for a more grounded look. So in parts of it, especially some of the fights, it ended up looking cheap, cheaper yeah. than I thought it should do. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, I enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, the character development was was for what where they were going was pretty good, but something about the overall look and feel of everything just 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 seemed slightly off for me. I think. Yeah, I've said I, that. I still enjoyed it. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but it, yeah, it felt like a like a weird a weird child of say a Rocky Balboa and a Rocky Four, which which or you know. They're part of the same series, but they're you know completely different styles of films. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I, I agree with you totally. I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to, and uh, didn't enjoy it as much as as the first Creed. Thought bits were missing, um, and the marketing. Even though you know I avoided trailers and all that stuff because it's a Rocky movie, 
like I'm going to do with the Rambo movie. I don't want to see anything until I get into the cinema. It, a lot of the pre-release stuff was selling it on the vibe of Rocky Four. Yeah. Drago's back and it's his son and it's, you know, this facing off. And I didn't think there was as much of that made as I would have liked personally. I know it's, you know, it, it has moved on now and we're talking that, you know, it's the story of Adonis Creed now. It's not a Rocky movie about them. Um, but you've based it on, you based on, it on the repercussions that, yeah. of the Rocky films, isn't it? Yeah. So, it would be, I know this did well at the box office. There could well be a Creed 3. I'd be interested that if they make a Creed 3 and Rocky isn't in it, how that would affect the box office takings. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Mm. I also yeah. don't know where they could go really with it because it's like he's faced all his so-called, well, yeah. all his demons now. It feels like you know, his character arc, Adonis Creed's character arc, almost feels done mm. to, to a point. I can't see where that, you know, apart from going, oh, well, Victor Drago was hard, but look how hard this one is. He's even bigger. And he's yeah. a robot, and he's from yeah. the future, or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna, and it's Clubber Lang's son as well. He's got twins, <laughs> and you've got to fight both of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, um, the one scene uh, in Rocky's restaurant with when Drago, when he meets Drago in the restaurant, mm. that scene disappointed me because I thought, you know, what was there was good, but it felt like the forgotten to forgotten to film five or ten minutes that you could have yeah. had just those two on screen yeah I wanted more that, that would have been too. amazing because th- you know there was enough you could tell there was history there it, but they yeah. can't put it in there because it's not a rocky film but you yeah. could have just they could have found a way of having it in there yeah i'm looking forward to watching it again i did i saw creed three times at the cinema i only saw creed two once at the cinema uh it's the only time i've watched it so far so obviously i'm buying it because you know it's a stallone movie so i'm looking forward to watching it again and I know there's quite a few deleted scenes, so that might piece a few things together and, you know, listen to the commentary and all that kind of stuff to, to see if anything's sort of fleshed out and the reasons for doing this, that and the other. But with the fighting as well, I didn't think the fighting was as good. And I do, oh, I do, I do miss that sort of, like you said, that bombastic sort of like crazy fights from, from back in the earlier movies. But, you know, times have moved on as well. It's, you know, it's a, aiming for a different generation of fans as well. Maybe they're picking up. And it's good if people are, you know, you could get Creed fans that maybe not necessarily would be that familiar with the Rocky movies, didn't grow up with them because they weren't born, you know. And if that puts them onto earlier Rocky movies, well, that's good. Well, I know, I know Chris, you said the even like the, the training montage didn't do it for you. you know, <laughs> no. That's, that, that's forgivable because, you know, there will be no training montage better than Rocky Four. <laughs> it's not i don't think it's possible I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong but i think that's it you know mm. stallone broke the mold with that one that was amazing <laughs> I, I i agree with i think i agree with both of you i i it, it, it didn't disappoint me but it just didn't like whereas with creed like you dave i watched that uh three times i saw it i bought the blu-ray do you know what i mean and mm. don't feel the need to do it with creed 2 um or even really watch it again anytime soon uh i i cried three times like in three like, at the same time you yeah, know, in three yeah. separate places in uh, Creed, you know, because I think with the emotion, obviously, and you know, with um, uh, Rocky going through cancer and everything else, and and as well, I think just kind of Creed finding his place in the world, you know, and uh, you know, becoming a man, I guess, by the end of it all, and and all that kind of stuff. I, I really bought into all of that. Whereas I, didn't, I thought what was missing for me was the emotion. It didn't sort of have it there. Mm-hmm. It was 
you know, and I know that there's this stuff, this, this, this sort of last about the side uh, plot about, you know, his uh, daughter, you know, hearing and everything else, and um, but it just didn't grab me in that respect. So I agree with you about the fighting scene. I think that first fight scene uh, they have in Creed, where it feels like it's just one long shot, you know, and you, you find it hard to pick the you know where the joints are do you know what i mean was was amazing you know really good um so yeah it, it yeah not a disappointment but just what well, kind of wanted a bit more i guess from it yeah so. yeah uh, hmm. Hmm. Uh, shall i go i've got yeah, a, a, yeah. De- destined to be a cult classic i think it kind of or, already is in some ways anyway uh and I've, I've been looking forward to to bring it up because dave i know you really didn't get on with it and it's uh from 2018 with nicholas cage uh called <laughs> mandy have you seen this adam i haven't I've, I've heard about it i've just not seen it yeah i think it's one of those things i mean anytime a, a nick cage film comes out you're thinking on what scale of crazy is he going to be <laughs> yeah you know he- judged by nick cage and that's it isn't it yeah it's sort of like you know the, the top of it being totally batshit fucking crazy uh and in quite a section of the film he's, he's quite reserved and quite quiet but then he does go full on nick cage uh by the end of the movie uh so this is set in the 80s and stars as i mentioned uh nick cage andrea uh riseborough uh they're a couple they live out in the sticks you know in the woods um and um what seems to be sort of like i suppose an idyllic kind of you know uh, life you know uh, not being troubled by modern life and all that kind of stuff um but she seems quite troubled they talk about you know her background he's uh, got, appears to have quite a you know a, well he appears to have a problem with alcohol uh that's what i picked up from it anyway uh but it's not really talked about much and then um the, there is a cult uh which is passing through and it, she catches the eye of this cult leader who's linus roach uh famously ken barlow's son <laughs> yeah. uh from um people who, who watch coronation street as dave does will know that ken barlow is he the oldest serving actor Uh, he's been on the show for what how many years it's uh, 50 odd years now 50 years on one tv show imagine that uh anyway linus roach he he's his son in real life um what is it bill roach uh ken barlow's yeah yeah Yeah, so anyway just because people won't know the fuck i'm talking about so uh (laughs) he's the cult leader um and um Home invasion happens, and that's as much as I'm going to say. So, uh, and I think it's one of those things you see from the poster, which in itself looks sort of, you know, very 80s, um, you know, in its look, in its style. Uh, Obviously, it's got this set in the 80s. It kind of feels like, uh, for me anyway, it feels like a weird VHS film, you know, from the early 80s. And I think... uh, um, on purpose it's i think it's supposed to look like that you know mm. um i i kind of I, it's one of those things it's on sky movies at the moment and uh, I, I uh watched 10 minutes of it on sunday night and it was like midnight and i needed to get to bed so but it was a weird sensation i got because it was just about the sort of like around the time where this uh this bike gang which is connected to the cult leader is about to sort of invade the home of of nick cage and andrea riseborough 
and I was kind of found it hard to take myself away from watching it. I was kind of like I was standing there, I was standing up because I went to turn the TV off, and I was standing for like for ten minutes just watching what was going to happen. So then I thought I'm going to watch this next week, um, and I did, and I absolutely loved it. I have to say, <laughs> I was kind of uh, just transfixed by just in some ways like the performance of Nick Cage because again he does. Nick, nobody does Nick Cage like Nick Cage, obviously. Uh, but he's just, he, he is fucking crazy. Uh, but then the style of it, the tone, the music, the sound, the sound effects, you know, the sort of like the whole build up to it. There's something about about it that just kind of got me and I didn't, I couldn't stop watching it. And I did, I, you know, and I was really, totally drawn into it. You know, like I said, there's a lot of kind of weird scenes where there's dialogue that happens that, uh, you know, that's talked about where she's talking about, like I said, a history and a past, you know, relationship with a dad doesn't go anywhere, but it just, it kind of hooks you into it and it just, it makes you feel on edge. And I wouldn't necessarily describe it as a horror um, as such. It's like a fantasy, a weird fantasy, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, there's gore in it. There's, there is some violent stuff in there. Um, but also, when I was watching the credits afterwards, uh, I noticed that Christopher Fig was one of the producers on it who produced uh, a lot of the early Hellraiser movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got that vibe from it, I have to say. I did kind of get a Hellraiser vibe, particularly from this biker gang that kind of felt like the Cenobites in some ways. Like they're just this, the look of them, the, you know, the, this kind of they're, they're, they've got like weird. Uh, um, outfits on, you know, spiky and chains and, you know, kind of uh, nails sticking out of them and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, I, I, yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. I must admit, I totally wasn't expecting to 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 like it because I've just, it's one of those, oh, I think Empire gave it five stars. And then like Dave, you put a WhatsApp message on um, saying you've just watched it and you thought it's a lot of shit. Uh, uh, Tina loved it. Well, I know, maybe loved it is a bit strong, but she watched it to the end. I, yeah, it's one of those I checked out and shamefully I ended up just like on my phone while she watched the end of it. Uh, but I think it's one of those that... If you've got to be in the mood as well, I think maybe yeah, I could yeah. watch it at, at a different date and get more out of well and watch it all the way through to begin with. Uh, nothing connected with me, and that's why I just checked out. There was nothing that connected with me at all. And I thought this, I, I almost got annoyed watching it, and I thought, oh no, I'm just it, there's nothing there for me. Mm. I can totally understand that. Mm. I think uh, some people will absolutely hate it. Um, and some people like me, you know, think if it, if it catches you in the right mood, then uh, yeah. I think you can get you can get a lot out of it. And uh, if you you know if this is not a recommendation for you, Dave, I mean you saw it already. Yeah, you, you get a scene where Linus Roach is standing there, stark bollock naked with his cock out. Um, oh, wow, <laughs> Ken Barlow's son's cock. Yeah, for, for any Corey completists out there, <laughs> there you go. You know, um, it's very trippy. I mean, it, there's a scene in it where they basically force one of the characters to take like what the equivalent of lsd uh and it's it you know it, that whole scene is very trippy but i loved it i loved the style of it i loved the music the tone uh there's this you know it's just it captured my, my imagination and um and nick cage is he's crazy you know he's it's um uh, <laughs> crazy nick cage is always good though 
yeah. Uh, but you have to sort of like you, you have to get to it through an hour of the film before you start getting crazy in it, coach. So, but yeah, destined. I say destined to be a cult classic. You know, yeah, yeah, I think it will. It uh, looks like it was made to be one. Purely, yeah, doesn't it? yeah. And the director, uh, Panos Cosmot- Cosmostos. Oh, fuck me, Cos Cosmatos. I should say. Uh, I, I just slaughtered his name. He, his dad. Get this for a bit of trivia, Dave. Mm-hmm. This it's George, to, isn't it? It's George yeah. who directed Cobra and uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two. Yeah, and Tombstone, which I watched the other day. Yeah. Jesus, it's a cracking film. I love that. Um, so, so there you go. Oh, it comes from good stock. Well, yeah, I mean, considering that based on those two movies or three movies, the Apple has, well, it's gone to the other town, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Couldn't get totally different movies. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So it'd be interesting to see what people sort of think about it. You know? Yeah, yeah, it would be. Any feedback on that would be great. Have you got any more, Adam? No, that's, that's me done. Okay, I'll finish... Unless you, if you got another one, Chris, was that your no, last one? No, no, that's me done. <coughs> Excuse me, fucking now, nearly choking myself before we finish this. But, uh, I'll finish then Thor with Linus Roach's cock. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I was preparing myself. Um, it, I'll finish. This is my favourite one from uh, this first section of all the films that I watched since we last recorded. It's on Netflix. It's from 2015. Probably a bit of a hard sell, but bear with me. Um, it's subtitled again, so it's another subtitle film from India. It clocks in at not too far short of three hours long, <laughs> so oh. you, you've got to commit yourself. Uh, it's called, here you go, pronunciation ahoy, Bahubali the Beginning. Uh, one word review would be sumptuous, and there's a word I don't think I've used before. Uh, it visually uh is stunning it's now there is cg uh lower budget again and you know you can see oh that's cg but the style of it it's you know it's stylized you know in a way that 300 was stylized and this isn't stylized in the same way but it's got a look you know they okay we're going to make it look like that the filmmakers have obviously said we're going to make it look like this and it it looks just stunning the sound, if you've got a decent sound system, crank it up, put it through the speakers, get your subwoofer on. That's going to be a treat. Uh, the story is brilliant. And again, like the um, Elementari, I don't want to give too much away because the beauty of this is the way this, you know, we're talking, like I say, not too far short of three hours. Story unfolds. It's about a kid and um, he's found, he gets put in the river for a certain reason that you'll find out, and he gets discovered by this couple who bring him up as their own, and then it's this this adventure, his, his story arc is incredible. There's certain shots in it that you just go, fuck, that looks so good. Being an Indian film, occasionally characters do break into a song and a dance now and again. <laughs> That does happen. I'll just warn you now, but not. And but even those. I mean, you know, I've seen like Bollywood films where there's a sea of hundreds of people dancing on a hill to all sorts of music, and you go, "In fact, no, not for me." This, although it is a little bit jarring when it happens, doesn't go on too long, and the choreography of them is really good. Um, so don't let that put you off whatsoever. If you want, and again. I'm going to use the word sumptuous looking and sounding really involved um, 
fantasy adventure story that the I think it's like two hours 40 two hours 45 goes by in what you think is like an hour and a half and you're not looking at your watch at any point I and the thing is as well this is only part one because as well on Netflix that we haven't watched yet but hopefully watch it for the next entertainment show uh, there's Bahu Bali the conclusion which was made two years later clocking in again at not far short of three hours long so if you want to have the full story again big commitment but this by far the favorite thing that i've watched absolutely loved everything about it everything i can't fault it for anything at all if you're going to nitpick you know now and again maybe the acting goes a little bit over the top but it fits in with the style of it if you want to be a bit nitpicky about the effects well they've not got the budget but it still works but having said that, some of the effects, there's one shot in particular where he leaps across this gorge and it's all in slow motion and the way it's lit. Just that one, I know, three second shot. I was like, wow, doesn't that look so good? It's like a, like a moving painting almost. A lot of it, and that's a good way actually, is, is it looks like a moving painting, works of art that are constantly thrown into your eyes while this really great story goes on. And some mental bits in it. There's a battle in it that like rivals anything from like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or anything like that. It's crazy. Yeah, really, really good. A complete surprise. And you will definitely be watching the, the second one. So yeah, if, you, if you've got three hours spare and you've got Netflix and you're in the mood for an Indian adventure film, <laughs> <laughs> which you probably never thought you would be in the mood for, but here you go. This is the one, Bahu Bali, the beginning. Awesome. Wow. Mm. What, 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 how did you come across that? Just out of interest. Tina Tina brought it up. She'd read something somewhere about it. It's supposed to have been really good. And it's one of the top Indian, top grossing Indian movies. And um, was different because the a lot of them are, you know, the singy dancy, that kind of affair. But they've gone more towards like a traditional action adventure film. Uh, and, the, and again, the way that it looks had got a lot of people's attention. And it took a lot of money for not a huge budget uh probably big by indian standards or maybe not i'm not that well up on the bollywood you know film scene but she'd heard about it somewhere and so we put it on and we were just hooked from the very beginning mate and like i say you know two hours 45 went by in a flash mm. Mm. yeah that would be my top recommendation definitely cool mm. so that, that's it then we apart from this is where we all take a little break before the, the double dip but we don't know what Adam, if if you're stopping or if you know you're going back to clean, you know the ABC of gaming room, all the fucking stains in there that you guys leave. It's a disgrace, <laughs> to be honest. Well, you only let me off for a couple of hours. I mean, you you give me you give all this freedom speech at the start, and I've got to go back to my chains. That's it now. We'll back to my chains and cleaning up all those shiny semen stains off the walls. <laughs> so that UV lighting in there does that place no favours whatsoever. Oh, really doesn't. None at all. It's terrible. <laughs> God knows what you get up to. Uh, it's been good having you on this first bit, mate. Though, oh, it's been lovely. I've yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah. should do I mean, it more often. Yeah. I like talking about games, but I do watch a fair bit of stuff as well. I never get to chat about that particularly. So it's been really, really nice. I really enjoyed it. Mm. And I get some recommendations as well, like live. I mean, I get them anyway from when I listen, but to hear them in my ears, wiggling about like a little tongue, it's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we we do have an ABC of gaming coming up uh, next week, which you're going to be recording. So you'll be back on that, won't you? I certainly shall. Mm. Certainly shall. Looking forward to it. 
Have you played much this month? Do you know what? I think I've actually got a few games. Oof, bloody I know. hell. I know. Wow. There's, a, there's a teaser trailer for you. <laughs> Coming soon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then, you bugger off, get back in that room and clear up and uh, we'll take a break and come back with a double dip then, shall we? Yes, Master. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Hello and welcome back. Uh, it's nice to have Adam along, wasn't it, Dave? It was. He was. He was very well behaved as well, wasn't he? He was good. He's. Yeah. He, I tell you what. Considering you know he's a fucking idiot on the the game show, I think he knows his stuff and he used some big words which I had to look up yeah, on. Yeah, sneaky shit. He's got. He's got a, more of a vocabulary on him than he would have you believe. Bloody four and five syllable words for fuck's sake! I know. I think yeah. he. Yeah, he's, he's definitely more intelligent than he lets on. Yes. You know, or unless he's just been looking at you know word of the day on his calendar <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. Well, thank you for back, coming back and listening to us uh, to finish off the show with our double dip. Uh, well, I'd say recommendations, but they might not well be recommendations. We never know what they're like, do we? The, we never know. The the whole point for anybody that doesn't know is we we pick a film, don't we? Each that neither of us have watched. So I mean, that's a good thing. That's what I like about these shows as well. Both of us always get to see two films for the very first time and get to chat about them. Yeah, it's a bit like having a revel, isn't it? You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, you might get something nice, like I like the toffee ones, uh, or you might get a coffee one, which... But then some people love them. I love the mm. advert. People might not know what I'm talking about, American American people. I'm sure you have revels. Uh, you may not. They're basically a mixture of uh, small chocolates, you know, so you've got a minstrel, a toffee one, they have a... a, a, a a raisin one, don't they? Yeah. Coffee orange. and orange. Yeah. So, you know, and it's they did an advert a few years ago based on uh, the deer hunter. Basically, you know, a total rip-off of the deer hunter, even to the, the fact that this guy was wearing a red bandana. And they were like... And, and the other guy, I think he was like, uh, you know, either a Vietnamese guy. But they were eating revels. And, and it was like the, the kind of the Russian roulette scene from the deer hunter. Have you ever seen that one? I have, yeah. <laughs> it's guys quality. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, some people hate the coffee ones, but Kay loves them. Um, but the thing is, you never know what you're going to have until you actually bite into them. Unless, obviously, the the minstrel, you know what you're going to get because it's flat. Yeah. You know? yeah. Anyway, talking about chocolate. I'm getting hungry now. I am, um, though. <laughs> <laughs> I fancy a bag of Revels. <laughs> Uh, so, our double dip uh, picks, as Dave mentioned, we, these are films that we've never seen before. Uh, and, you know, I send him a list and he sends me a list of uh, of movies and we take our pick from there. So, um, your pick, which I thought was a weird one at first when I looked at the name, and I still think it's, got, it's a shit name for a movie, <laughs> I have to say, is on Amazon Prime. And it is from 2018, starring Jennifer Garner. And it is called Peppermint. Hmm. Dave, why is it called Peppermint? Well, it's all to do with ice cream. So we've got, and I should say as well, I did put it, um, Tom from the Decade of Decadence show uh, said he was going to wait for the sequel Spearmint. <laughs> and then it did take me all night until the next morning to think that the third film you'd know the third film would run out of ideas if it was called Mint Choc Chip by then. <laughs> would be a bit of a shit one. Um, 
Yeah, it stars Jennifer Garner as Riley North, who's your sort of average wife and mum, mum to a, a young daughter, who's tries to get on with the, the social calendar around her, but there's the usual arsehole of, of one particular arsehole woman who ruins her daughter's birthday they they have this disagreement don't they and it's mm. the riley north daughter's birthday and as parents as well you can sort of rely on uh, you relate to what happens when you know nobody turns up a, a daughter's birthday party because this cunt of a woman was <laughs> being a cunt basically and you think fuck and you say go okay you know how can we make the daughter's birthday salvage this so they go okay well let's go and get some ice cream and we'll go to the fair and so they're, they're at the fair and having a good time and the daughter wants ice cream and she picks peppermint ice cream, hence the title. Yeah. Still a bit of a weird one. You could have called it all sorts of other things. Oh, you know, but... Any kind of, like, you know, angel of vengeance or, yeah, yeah. you know, I suppose even then it would be a bit of a stock kind of name. But it was just, it's random. I've got, I mean, I've got the, you know, where the name come, came from, but you just think, oh, okay. It's not a title that draws you in, though, is it? If you're just scanning through, sometimes a title can draw you in. If you just say oh, pe God, peppermint, yeah. you'd think, what? no, what the fuck? Not really. Uh, so she orders peppermint ice cream and then they're, they're walking away and then Riley North, she turns around, she has to go back, doesn't she, to the ice cream store. So the uh, husband and the daughter are going forward and it also going on, her husband, they're, they're having money problems and he at first agreed to get in to do this sort of shady deal. He was going to be a driver for this like drug deal thing. And then at the last minute he backs out. He wants nothing to do with it. Unfortunately, the one of the heads of this drug cartel who's a bit of a twat i don't think there's many maybe maybe there are pleasant heads of drug cartels i was gonna say don't yeah. wanna, don't want to say too much <laughs> in case any heads of drug cartels are listening to this uh, i think they're all really good actually in case any are listening i think they're all great people uh, but uh, he doesn't know that like riley's husband has backed out of the deal he thinks he's still involved, so he's taking his vengeance and he's just killing everybody. So he gets some of his underlings, do a drive-by, and it's horrible. They just machine-gun down her husband and her young daughter just in cold blood, and she sees it. She gets um, shot, and uh, she gets knocked out, and, of course, her life is devastated. She's lost, you know, her, her family. Um and then we we go through like you know she's hospitalized and it gets to to five years later where she has basically spent these five years training to get vengeance on the people that killed her family and this is when it turns into an action film that i wasn't expecting mm. but but really enjoyed to be honest with you and it was good to have like you know a strong female action character uh, and believable as uh, you know as well although again I, I suppose you could argue well in five years could she have trained to do this that and the other and be that good with guns and martial arts and all this but she is vulnerable because through this she's not like some female terminator she does get injured and you know has emotions and so on i love revenge films though i really love revenge films so this clicked with me right from the beginning it was like yeah go on fuck them up fuck them all up big time <laughs> and she does there's some uh -huh. brutal scenes in it i was like yeah. whoa i wasn't expecting you know somebody to be shot close range in the head was one thing 
uh, and there's some really tense scenes, some great action scenes in it. There's a few bits where I think the, the first killing she does is she kills three people and they're found hanging upside down on a Ferris wheel. And you think that's a bit sort of predator too. How did she do that? Do they, then, yeah. I wanted to know how did I get there? Yeah. You know, I sort yeah. of went through the logistics of it. Well, did she kill them and then tie them at the bottom and then start the Ferris wheel? So it turned and they ended up or, or, I don't know. Did she just climb up there with them? Did she kill them when they were on there? I don't know. But it looked good visually. It looked good. Anyway, yeah. it was a, you know it was a good shot, uh, and it sets it up. So you've got this woman now who has spent five years of her life training weapons, training hand to hand combat training, just to get revenge on the death uh, you know of her family and and on this drug cartel. Uh, so far, so sort of by the book, you know, this, there's a lot of revenge films like this involving, you know, loss of family and drug gangs and this, that and the other. But it brought enough to the table for me to be really invested in it and to be cheering for her. Um, and like I said before, the, the stuff, some of the action stuff was like, whoa, that was really bloodthirsty and not expected. Um, but then some heartfelt moments as well, you know, the, the whole narrative of it and... There's a couple of little twists in it that I didn't see come in to do with cops as mm -hmm. well without giving too much away. You think you've got it sorted out and then, whoa, there's a little twist again. Mm. Uh, overall, mate, I really enjoyed it. I went into it thinking that maybe it could be okay. I mean, because looking now, what is it? It's a 6.5 on IMDb. Yeah. Um, it's had a bit of a kick in on Metacritic. It's got a Metacritic go of, of 29 uh, wow. based on, on 26 critics, uh, one positive, 10 mixed and 15 negative. Holy uh, shit. Which, uh, just having a quick look, the, the, the most positive one is IGN. Uh, whether you find it exciting or troubling might vary from person to person. But either way, Jennifer Garner delivers a standout performance that demands recognition and will hopefully lead to better action movie roles for the actor in the future. Um, I mean, the majority of them have said are, are terrible. Uh, a laughably bad melange of blood, guts, and racial stereotypes. Uh, <laughs> a, fa a failure on virtually every level. Peppermint is slapdash, half-hearted affront to anyone unfortunate enough to get caught in its crosshairs. I just think that's a bit. They're, they're, they're all a bit ridiculous. I'm with you, Dave. I thought it was great. Um, totally not what I was expecting. Um, and it made me think about, like you said, that revenge movies, they're a sort of ten a penny in a lot of ways, mm. aren't they? You know, you think like, it's like Death, Death Wish, Hard to Kill, you know, there's, there's tons yeah. of them. Um, but how many of them uh, feature a sort of a, a female lead, you know, in a kick-ass kind of role? Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't think of too many, to be quite honest with you, uh, if any at all. Um, so, but it, I mean, then I started to look into it a little bit more, and the director... Uh, where is he? I've just lost him now. Um, Pierre Morel. Pierre Piatti. And looked at, cause, and I did, and I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm making it up to make myself look clever or whatever, because <laughs> I, I, I it's not, not possible. But I thought, I'm definitely getting like a taken vibe from this, you know, in as much as the sort of the style of it, hmm. you know, and the. You can argue that those movies don't have loads of substance, but they're fucking good, entertaining movies. And I, I, this is one of those movies, you know, where it was, I was totally entertained 
and we watched it together, Kay and I did. Uh, it's quite violent, like you said, the stabs, yeah, yeah. shootings and stabbings, and she's not one for violence, but she, she really liked it as well, you know. And, and um, you know, it's not the most original movie in the world, um, but I'm totally fine with that, you know what I mean? And it reminded me of, like... Uh, a female Punisher, you know, or yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a vibe from the Crow because she kind of goes on this revenge spree in one night, which kind of made me think of the Crow. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he, he gets brought back. It's not got any supernatural elements in it, but it just kind of made me think of that. You know, he's back for one night to kill the people that killed him and his his girlfriend. Um, and then like hard to kill, like you said, she gets shot, she wakes up from a coma, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then goes out. Like you said, you have to suspend your your disbelief a little bit in as much as like you, I totally agree uh, you don't see much if any of how she got to this point of no. badassery you know she just literally kind of comes back and she is a badass um but yeah I, th- I it, it surprised me actually how much I enjoyed it and uh how how enjoyable it was you know and uh and she was very good you know um she was great i mean she did did you ever watch alias the tv show no, that she did because she did really good action in that as well yeah i know of it but i never mm. watched it that was uh was that jj abrams who did that or did he do dark angel because i know they came out roughly the yeah. same time i think so but anyway um yeah, I, I, I think it's one of those films that if you just look purely at the the critical sort of like element of it uh I think it's misleading, and then that the title doesn't help much either. I have it to doesn't, say, no. But it's uh, you know, I think because we come from similar sort of like you know uh, backgrounds in terms of like you know VHS and 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 eighties mm. action movies, and I'd got that vibe from it. You know, it did feel yeah, yeah. like a you know kind of a just a an, an action film, and you. Staff to say, because I was watching Predator, or bits of, I've said this before, you know, you, you Sky movies, you don't end up watching like half a movie or whatever. I watched, <laughs> I watched the last half an hour of Predator, you know, and, and it just makes, you just thought, God, these movies were so good in the 80s, weren't yeah. they? And you, you don't get so many of them. They have to be really like kind of clever or sophisticated or whatever. Not really these days, you know, but not, you don't, don't have to be. What's wrong with just, you know, like Taken, it's a very simple story. His, his daughter gets kidnapped and he goes around France fucking people up, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of, this is the same thing, you know, her husband and, and daughter get killed and she goes around fucking up the drug dealers. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, there doesn't have to be any deeper meaning to it or, you know, other agendas. Uh, so, yeah. I'm with you. Recommenda- recommendation Definitely. for me. Definitely. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah, it is. And it's like you said, I don't think I would have watched it if it wasn't on that list that you sent me. Of Okay, here's a list of films that I haven't seen. Pick one of those. And I picked that. If you wouldn't put this on that list, mate, there's a really good chance I'd never have watched it. You know, and as daft as it sounds again, the title and just you're scrolling through and it's like, no, no, no. Short synopsis. No, I've seen that all before. Um, so yeah, there's gems out there that are easily missed, and this this is one of them for me. It's a gem that, that shouldn't be missed. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'm glad we're on the same page. That oh, that's good. That, let's see if that happens with the next one then. <laughs> As I say, will it happen with the next one? So, um, so this one uh, is uh, quite new. It's only just been released on Netflix, and it stars uh, Oscar Isaac, Ben Affleck. Um, amongst others um what's his name charlie hunman um and it is called triple frontier um having looked into this it's been in well it's it's been kicked around for a while this story as you know i think at one point johnny depp was uh 
going to be in it. Tom Hanks was going to be in it. Uh, then oh. Channing Tatum was going to be in it at some point. And it just, it was kicked around Hollywood for sort of like the last 10 years or whatever. Uh, and then until finally, you know, it's, it's been made. Um, and the story is, uh, I'll just read the little brief synopsis from uh, IMDb. Loyalties are tested when five former special forces operatives reunite to steal a drug lord's fortune, unleashing a chain of unintended consequences. Um, so, yeah, Oscar Isaac is, I wouldn't say he's a soldier, but he's, he's like a consultant, you know, for and, and he's, you know, um, in a South American country and, dis- there's, you know, been tracking this drug dealer for a number of years. Um, and discovers that his house is basically full of money like millions uh, like 200 odd million at least uh, 200 million dollars uh, and he comes up with this plan to get uh, his friends that he was in the army with uh, to basically rob that you know sort of i suppose a bit like kelly's heroes in some ways you mm. know uh, again not particularly original idea thinking three kings uh, more recently uh, you know with uh, george clooney and mark Wahlberg, uh, you know kind of rip off um, uh, uh, you know a drug dealer uh, and you know steal the money yeah um the the critical it's uh, let's have a quick look at imdb so it's it's got where is it? Where do you look on IMDb? Because I don't pay any attention to any of that kind of stuff. Oh, 6.5 next to the title at the top. Oh, right. Ah, right. Yes. Right next to it with a big fucking star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't miss that next time. Um, what does that actually mean? Is that just what people have rated it? That's as, the like? average. Yeah. So that's obviously that's out of 10. And that's from currently 48,302 people have rated it. Okay, okay. Uh, so uh, on uh, Metacritic, it has got a 61 rating out of 25 critics, 16 positive, eight mixed, and one negative. Mm. Um, so that's that's not too bad. This is because it's um, as well as being on uh, Netflix, it actually had a theatrical release. I I didn't know, notice. I must admit, I think it just a week before it actually was released on okay. uh, Netflix. So just have a quick look at it again. We'll, might as well pick IGN because that was uh, one I just read. Triple Frontier features a cool cast and a gruesome story about greed, but it fails to capitalise on its own premise. That's um, one of the more positive ones. Empire. Uh, Triple Frontier is engaging in parts with well-mounted action, but the characters lack definition and you can't help but think an old timer like Howard Hawks or Sam Fuller might have done it better in half the time. Uh, the Guardian, it's enjoyable enough where to spend two hours, but without any commentary or real depth, it, it is in need of a bit more suspense or conflict to really oil the wheels. The film feel, uh, too often ambles along uh, when it should be racing. So there you go. Um, so from my point of view, uh, it was a big bag of okay, uh, mm. in as much as the, I liked the first hour of it, I was quite drawn into it. I quite liked it. Um, you know, like you said, the kind of, that you, you get introduced to Oscar Isaac's character, uh, and then, you know, all his mates, uh, who used to be in the army with and everything and how they kind of plan in this you know, they want to kill this drug dealer, uh, but also then steal his money and how they're going to go, uh, you know. So all of that kind of got me into it. Then the actual, when they were uh, outside the, the drug dealer's house and sort of like, you know, checking it out, doing a lot of recon, uh, and then the actual kind of stealing the money itself. I, I was 
into it at that point. Mm. But, but then the sort of the escape, you know, for half an hour or so just seemed to go on for longer than it needed to. I mean, it looked good and everything. You know, I thought lots of the, the, you know, the shots, the, you know, and everything looked nice, but it just did, it did seem to drag a little bit. And I think I agree with the, the guardian uh, review in as much as they didn't see the pace of it was very sort of off. Um, you know, the, the cast are okay. I, I think Oscar Isaac, the, the thing with the cast is I didn't find any of them particularly likable. No. So I, I didn't sort yeah. of, you know, the, I didn't, feel particularly invested with any of the characters oscar isaac i liked i mean i like him generally anyway i've having watched him in star wars uh so i always find him quite watchable and engaging actor i thought um affleck kind of felt a bit labored i have to say uh he, he didn't do anything mm. for me um you know and the other supporting cast members were okay um but yeah, it it was it was okay. I, it didn't blow me away. It didn't grip me. You know, there's the certain elements of it which I quite liked, but then there's bits of it which just felt like it just kind of went on a bit too much. You know, uh, and I never felt any I don't know any kind of peril f- for the characters. Do you know what I mean? It, I didn't feel like any kind of the, the tension wasn't there. It just felt like it was going through the motions a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I enjoyed it, and from what you've said, I think I enjoyed it more than more than you. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as Peppermint of the two. <clears throat> Peppermint was by far my favourite one of those two, but I did enjoy this. It's a film of two halves, to use like a pinch of football cliche. Like you said, up to the planning and the execution of you know of this drug lord taking the money, killing him was really good, and then it sort of the second part turned into like this survival movie yeah yeah, um, yeah through them being too greedy um but i did like that when they were stealing the money and i was going you'd be too fucking greedy you'd be too fucking get out of yeah. there uh there is should we should we be spoilerific in this yeah go on i mean okay. uh, so, you know because i guess if people haven't watched it yet go don't listen to this next bit uh yeah. and then go and watch it yeah. and come back skip, but, yeah. skip forward skip forward a minute um okay so this one bit when Ben Affleck gets shot in the head and killed. I didn't see that coming. I did yeah. not see it. Oh, yeah. Although on reflection where you go, because what he'd done, he'd killed the people in this village and it was the, the son of somebody that he killed was out after him. You know, it all made sense, but I, I did not see that coming. I really didn't see that. So that was good in a way that I always like films that sort of surprise me instead of you can guess exactly what's going to happen. So that was good. Um, Tina checked out of it because she thought it was over long and again as you've said and as some of the reviews have said that not a lot was happening again especially in that second half whereas for me that didn't that didn't really bother me i enjoyed that sort of change of pace and them taking more time trying to you know to get to the sea with with all of the money intact um but then i like survival movies as well you know so that sort of played into me liking that type of a film uh, again, it looked good. It sounded really good. Um, it's it is a blokey, blokes being blokes in a blokey kind of way, testosterone fueled. You know, it's got it oozing out of the screen. It's you know, 
I grew a full beard almost just watching it. There's that much <laughs> testosterone coming out of the screen at you. It's, you know, it's one of those, oh, look, and here's one topless and muscly and sweaty, and you know, and they've got beards and, you know. It is one of those of which there's many and, and better, to be honest, of, the, of this kind of a film. But it definitely didn't disappoint. I can see from what you've said and why people would think, oh, this it's a bit long-winded and it's stretches out again especially in the second half it's get on with it you know i can really see why people would think that but it kept me entertained through and it is it's just over two hours long it's not a short film mm. you know if you, although do we still say the standards 90 minutes i think those days have gone haven't they when you know a yeah. standard film's 90 minutes probably maybe two hours is the standard nowadays um you know i was talking about nearly a three-hour indian film <laughs> earlier on <laughs> uh, but i did yeah i i did enjoy it um it, yes, it could have been a lot better, but it gave me everything that I wanted to. There's some tense scenes in it. The bit where they do raid the house, I thought was great. Uh, it did get. I was invested in them with that whole stop being so fucking greedy kind of thing, and then I knew something was going to happen, uh, and I wanted to see, and especially after what we just talked about in the spoiler bit, um, is there going to be anything else like that going to happen? Are they going to get to the water? Yeah. And I like the ending. I like the very last scene as well. Um, and it could it could set it up. You know, if there was going to be a sequel, I very much doubt there is going to be a sequel. But, you know, you could have this story continue. Uh, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. And like I said, I think you know, I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it more than you did. And, um, yeah, it's again, it could have been one that maybe I wouldn't have watched if it wasn't for, you know, this doing this double dip section. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm 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 more on the you know I'm teetering over to recommending it rather than not recommending mm. it because there is stuff in there to enjoy, um, and I totally agree with you. He's a blokey film, you know. In his oh, yeah. kind of reminded me of um, that film that we watched once uh, when I came around yours, uh, Lone Survivor. Oh God, yeah, I love that film. Yeah, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in as much as like a group of men out, uh, you know, in. in harm's way and uh trying to escape and all that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. I, I totally understand where you're coming from in that respect um so so yeah i it, it's there's there's some stuff in there to enjoy but for me it just seemed to go on a little bit longer than i, I probably wanted it to yeah. um but no it's it was it was you know i say like, well again we watched it together and and it even okay watched it and in, and kind of stuck with it you know what i mean oh, okay. so so oh, there you go good. Yeah. yeah. Well, overall, I, two good films. I think we both agree Peppermint is the better of the two. Um, but yeah, I, th I think it, it, it just kind of, like you said, just t ticks all the boxes, doesn't it? For yeah. Like, just yeah. a, you know, a basic action movie that you can yeah, just yeah. sort of like, you know, you don't have to get too wrapped up in. But you know, but yeah, definitely. Well, that's good then. Um, right here we go at the end of a show that we've done. And like you said at the beginning, mate, just a month after the last one. It's madness, isn't it? People are going to be kept uh, caught unawares, aren't they? Yeah. They're just going to think, oh, well, it's not going to be going for at least another three months. Yeah. Holy shit, what's this? <laughs> they haven't listened to the last one yet. They're saving it, listening to it in increments, going, oh, well, we can listen to this over like four months or so until the next the one. I don't know because I I don't know how long we've been recording for, but I have a feeling that this one's going to be actually a bit longer than the, uh, the it, last one as well. It is. It's yeah. It's going to be over two hours, definitely. <sighs> Holy shit! So there you mm, go. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. 
God, I was on the back foot then. I thought, fuck, I'm not, what, what do we do now? What do we do now? Yeah, the website, obviously, the website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. Everything's on there, news, reviews, the podcasts. Uh, and again, if you listen to the sound, check them out, shows, please visit the website because there's loads of bands on there that I don't get time to do the shows for and I put the news up and videos from them. So if you're after new music, look for that as well. Uh, always reviews going up on there. News. There's been some more video game news going up on there lately as well, mate. Yeah. Which is really good. Um, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's always got like competitions. We've got competitions coming out of our bottoms. We're giving away so much great stuff. So if you want to win some followers on there, Instagram has got all the weird and wonderful stuff. So there's always reasons to, you know, bookmark the website and follow us on Twitter and Instagram and get in touch with us. Tweet us or send us an email either via the website or contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk about anything you want. And especially from this show, obviously you've got this far into this show. Thank you very much. And give us your thoughts on what we talked about. And maybe maybe we should do one show where we you know hand it out to the listeners for some maybe double dip recommendations and we can mm. pick from a list that's been you know given to us as long as it's available that we can watch in the uk on netflix or amazon or some kind of way that would be uh, quite interesting that that definitely sounds good to me mm. yeah I, I know i think you and tom mentioned that you're going to be doing that on the latest uh, decade of decadence yeah it's just trying to get people to get in touch with us and i'm the same i've said it before listening to podcasts and enjoying them and then they say do this and you go okay and then you just don't do it <laughs> it's just it only <laughs> takes a minute it only takes a minute so it would be good if we get some uh, some correspondence going would be good yeah and set up a little poll on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I like setting up my poll on Twitter. Ooh, you do, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Well, that's it then, mate. It's uh, yeah. You said it's a later one than we've done in the past, really, isn't it? Considering you know we've only got a month since the last recording, we've got we've got quite a lot to talk about, really. Yeah. I blame Adam. Yeah, it's all his fault. Yeah. So yeah, all you people that complain about podcasts being too long, with your free entertainment. <laughs> Too much free entertainment. Blame Adam for this one. It's his fault. <laughs> um, well then, that's, it's the end of shows, mate. See, with the decade of decadence, I've got it made now. I just say goodbye and leave Tom standing there that he traditionally now finishes these shows. So now, I never know how to finish now because I just leave it to him doing now. We just, we, you said it before, you just tell the listeners to fuck off and that's it, isn't it? It's, it's fair enough then. Thanks, for, yeah. Thanks for listening and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.